Good day, good evening, good night, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Black Cauldron. There won't be any tennis discussion in this podcast, hopefully not, uh, because we're already in the middle of a COVID open, so we don't want to bring that drama into this magical drama as we get set to, in this episode number 20 of The Black Cauldron, to wrap up, and I put wrap in quotation marks because Janina is on this podcast so you never know (laughs) she might decide when we finish the book seven we're gonna begin again I'm gonna look at it from a I don't know a spectral point of view Uh, let's see if we can find how many letter R's are in this book let's count them out you're an asshole (laughs) this is our sound engineer people so in episode number 20 and hopefully at the end of this podcast we can wrap up in quotation mark book number six the prison the half-blood prince because i'm going back to prison of azkaban it's me who's trying to take us back to book number mm-hmm. three <laughs> but the ladies have already read have started reading i've not finished reading book number seven so they're all excited together in there so we have been almost forced into finishing up this book, and <laughs> we are at the 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 the, um, the climax, one of the most exciting conclusion to a book ever, actually, I would say. Um, but before I go any further, let me introduce my two co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Professor Deb. How are you doing today? Doing great. Looking forward to further discussion. Yes, we have an exciting point. I can't wait. I can't wait. And we have. Have our sound engineer Janina from Farn, Ohio. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I have I have a lot to say. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and I made a note to remember something, and I give it to Janina. Oh, I left it outside. <laughs> <laughs> True I story. I don't have the note. <laughs> I was about to say. I think I forgot, but I think I did remember. I think oh, I remember. Hell. But so let's get into so I think in an episode of an episode number nineteen, we sort of ended when Harry and Professor Dumbledore had that discussion on the Horcrux and the Horcruxes. And we being the geeks that we are, we were so enthralled with the the whole Horcrux discussion and we got into like who made it and like how did it come and whatever kissed me that we sort of like I, I, one of the things I wanted to do today before we sort of go into the cave which we're all excited to get to was we sort of like didn't discuss the actual conversation that Dumbledore and Harry had after they discussed the Horcrux because Harry's question at this point really is so what am I supposed to do with all of this information sir <laughs> you know like <laughs> now that we know okay Dumbledore has split himself in, um Voldemort has split his, himself into pieces his soul and put it into like these magical objects, which we think that we do know what it is. And I have to go destroy all of them. And he's just like, ooh. And Dumbledore's just like, no, I've talking, we've taken care of two. We just have to basically get at four. And then then at that point, we should be able to get at him. And Harry is like, ooh, how are we going to do all of that? Because ooh, I can't fight this dude. Like, I just can't. And there is a thing here that um Harry is not asking Dumbledore something which was talking to. It's just like, sir, why are you telling me this? Why don't you go forward and do this? <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. That he, because mm-hmm. in, in most of this, the, the responsibility, his, not really responsibility, is that Dumbledore is trying to tell Harry something and Harry is as being, um, what did Deb say? A reactor. He isn't, he doesn't get subtleties at all. He doesn't get these type of, he doesn't get the unasked question and the, because it's like, this is a question, you know, like, here we have, and none of us didn't even realize this at the time, but Dumbledore was preparing Harry for a time when he will not be there. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. the task, though, the task is seemingly, we all understood the task that he was giving Harry a task to do, and that this is something that Harry had to do, and Harry had to take it up. Because he said to Harry, do you understand that, you know, that even if you got rid of all of the Horcrux, this man mind and he's still, and this is a prodigious wizard right here. That this man has uncommon skills and you know whatever. And Harry just like, wait, I can't do all of that. I can't fight him like how that thing in the in the the ministry. That was spectacular magic. I've never seen anything like this before. And Dumbledore is like, yeah, but you got something else. And Harry is just like, you know, just your love. And Harry's like, oh, good Jesus, sir, love. And this is. He almost sounded like Voldemort there. Is it love? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, because Dumbledore, Voldemort would bring that up, would throw that out. You know what I mean? And, and that's such a fascinating, interesting. Though, though it's kind of hokey, like, oh, my God, these children's book is a children's book, but love. But the way in which Rowling uses love in this situation and how she sort of makes it a, a, a theme and how she makes it an actual magical artifact. It's, it's, it's a brilliant stroke, I would say, on her part. Though she doesn't love others, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, so I just wanted to put that out there for, you know, that, that conversation, that subsequent conversation. And in, and in the end, Dumbledore explicitly says to Harry, the issue is that you wants to kill, you want to kill this man. And he wants to kill you. Which means, despite, <laughs> no matter whatever... The, what is absolutely certain, it seems, is that you will have this confrontation. There will be a confrontation between you two. And I want to prepare you for that confrontation. Therefore, I'm giving you these, this information to destroy him. And no one yeah. asked the question. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, because, you know, you, you, you mentioned the fifth, the, the end of the, 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 the battle in the ministry. And that was all about the prophecy. Um, the reason they were actually in the ministry mm-hmm. was about that prophecy. And the, the, they know, I mean, this is the one, what is it, two prophecies that Trelawney has gotten right? Mm-hmm. Um, that they are destined and that their destinies are, are twined. But we also know that the reason their destinies are twined is because of what Voldemort did. He marked Harry as his equal mm-hmm. because he hadn't, he took incomplete information. Right. And he went and acted on incomplete information. Because <clears throat> one of the subtexts here is not only do you need information, you need full information to do what you need to do. You can only do um, the tasks at hand if you know as much as you can know. That's why Dumbledore has consistently said, well, this is what I speculate. He wasn't ready to move until he had that final memory because he didn't want to move without with incomplete information. He's seen what has happened because of incomplete information. 
even as smart as he he know that he knows he is, and he doesn't do false modesty about how brilliant he is. No, he does no, not. He does not. But he knows. Forgive my lack of modesty. Here. Exactly. But his brilliance <laughs> means nothing if he doesn't have the right information. So, and I think that's what he has been. You know, you can say Harry doesn't do nuance. That's what he's trying to. He finally does tell him. You know, Voldemort marked you as his equal. That's why. Um, you you two are intertwined the way you are. He, you weren't the only one born at that time, that age, whose parents were in the order. It could have it could have been Neville, but Voldemort took what he knew and ran out there, and he's trying to prepare Harry so he doesn't do the same. Yeah, and there is that there. It's quite clear from Voldemort's behavior that he is obsessed with Harry. Harry yes. fascinates him in many ways. We've seen this from Tom Riddle um, right. in the diary. We've seen this from um, in book one, actually. He had that conversation. He's just like, I knew you would come down here um, to get me. You know, I knew you would follow. And we see that whole soliloquy in the graveyard. And we see that whole fascination in the, going after the prophecy. And one of the reasons why he said Draco um, in this point of this would come to realize he's removing what he thinks is the last barrier between him and Harry, which is Dumbledore. But um, something else you said in terms of why Dumbledore is, 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 is cautious about um, moving without information. I think in one of the books he says to Harry, uh, I don't know which one it might be to come, he says, because of my brilliance, my mistakes are not small mistakes. Yes, yes. My yeah, mistakes, mistakes are larger mistakes, in, in, you know. And in many ways, I, I must say that, you know, the... I, it might be cheeky and whatnot, but Dumbledore is one of my favorite characters in all of this book, along with um, Lupin. Um, she did Lupin dirty. I would never forgive <laughs> her for that. Just put it out agree. there. Um, but, you know... Just the, the wisdom that Dumbledore sort of spouts and sort of says and how he moves about. It's like a, it's a mulling character, but it's a mulling character with humanity. It's a mulling character that understands humanity and understands that he is human. And in many ways, everyone has set up Dumbledore in this sort of like godlike status. But in every moment we see Dumbledore, we see Dumbledore as a human. If you if you really if we really take out all of the um, the many we hear people talk about Dumbledore all the time. If you take that out of the equation, when you look at Dumbledore, when you when we actually meet and see Dumbledore in instances, he's being quite an old man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just a regular grandfatherly type of person. That it isn't until book four where we see powerful. Mm -hmm. um, Dumbledore, and that was just a look, right? That was just a look that Harry was just like, wait a minute. Now I understand why people say that he's the only one he ever feared. It wasn't until book five that we see Dumbledore in magical, like, you know, like, mm -hmm. this is the man who beat Grindelwald. And it isn't until book seven we get some witness account to that situation. And then we find out we see an ordinary man, a man who is like, you know, a complicated ordinary man, really. So 
that's one of the things I wanted us to sort of like bear in mind as we're going through this book, and then we would see going through book seven with you know that Harry Harry's Dumbledore really gives Harry the task, and Harry doesn't get that Dumbledore might not be there, and that question is almost out there asking. And the other point I think I wanted to mention is um, I was watching Toni Morrison yesterday. I'm having a conversation and she was talking about how so often we dress up evil. And I was remarking to Janina how, you know, we find it so fascinating. Some of the most brilliant speeches and soliloquies on monologue is the evil people. <laughs> it's the evil people sort of flexing. You know, that graveyard scene. I mean, that's almost Shakespearean. That whole conversation when Dumbledore confronts, when Dumbledore meets um, Harry. When Dumbledore meets Voldemort for the first time as a child, that conversation in the office, Snape's and Bellatrix, it's also like how um, Rowling saved this sort of like sweet conversation. But then again, they're the adults in the children book, so that might be it too. But you're 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 not you're not getting these kind of uh, in-depth conversation with the good people. I mean, you have serious issues that are coming up, but they are sort of moving to silence in any way. Like Lupin doesn't know what to tell Harry about his father's behavior when, you know, the father's acting like an asshole to Snape in the pensive. They just like, you know, I don't know what to say. I'm ashamed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you have this like in book seven, we would see when Harry just like, I won't blast people away like, you know, he does. And Lupin don't know what to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, Bro, they're trying to kill you. <laughs> like, but I think that you know we do get to a point where there is a maturity and an understanding um, of Harry that Harry attains, where there is a little bit more eloquence in his thought, and in his and and part of that is when he when he finally does understand that he has to walk and you know with nothing into up to Voldemort. Um, he and Dumbledore having this conversation here, and, and I think that we do see, I think that the seeds are planted for his maturity of thought and understanding and some degree of eloquence that we'll see in the next book um, for what he has to face. But well, I think it, it is because he's still, he's still young and he's still, you know, there's so many things he doesn't understand. There's so many things he doesn't have the vocabulary for yet well i'm not i'm not even i mean you're absolutely right about that but i think my point was not even so much so that i needed harry to necessarily be in the conversation as we can see we can go places where harry is not and more and more often in these books we we're in places where harry is not present per se like usually in the first three books, we're always going to places right. where his Harry, eyes. we are seeing it through his eyes. eyes. No, right. we are seeing a lot of things as more and more as the book gets older. The book he's getting older, we're seeing different worldviews, and though he's he's privy to some of this information. Mm -hmm. But um, the reason why I'm saying this is just that I wanna one of the things I wanted us to to sort of like point to is like how villain the villain construction happens. And one of the questions I wanted us to think, what is, what is Voldemort's point, right? You have been chasing immortality. And in fact, you did achieve that. And you know you did. Like, what is your 
you know it did work, right? You know this 13 years ago that it did work. And what is your next goal in life, boo? You ain't doing shit. Well, he wants, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's going to take over the world. But, Y'all remember that cartoon Pinky in the Brain? Right. <laughs> but it, also, but it, it is also, like, it's one of these things that I am, uh, and we can, it's so often in, in, in comics and these kind of, like, children literature uh, things geared towards children. You have a very black and white image of evil, right? It's like good guy, bad guy. You know, the good guys might be semi-complicated, but it goes back to what I mentioned about this language that though we as astute readers, we can see Harry's development and we can see a more nuance and, you know, in him coming, whatever the case may be, it's not on the page per se, right? We're just picking up from him. We have to go be you know, high-level readers, right? But the villain, they get their moment on stage. So many moments and points where we see Voldemort being very explicit in what it is he's doing. And we see the style and what he's doing and whatever the case may be. But the good people, they're often left to grapple with not only the, 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 the trauma of being the victims of the situation, but never get into really voice any of this. And this is one of the things we talk about. These people are all dealing with trauma. And no one voices this trauma at all. No one says anything. I think Voldemort, we do get a little bit more. One of the things that we love about this book is that we do get a little bit of nuance as to why Voldemort is the way he is. Or, you know, some of the things, now I won't say why he's the way he is. He chose to be the way he is. Right. But we learn a little bit about some of the deprivations of his life and some of the the reasons why, not some of the not reasons why, but some of the 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 factors, some of the influences on him becoming who he he was. Ultimately, he chose the path that he chose. He chose, and he obviously chose it as a young man. You know, most of the time we say, you know, you shouldn't be held accountable if you're 16 years old and you're making these kinds of choices. But this is the path he set down. He set to walk um, when he was in school and when he wanted to learn as much as he could um, about making himself immortal. And he, the fact that you had to do, you know, these multiple murders was not a, um, anything that was going to stop him from doing that. Um, but I think that what we do see... Um, is certain limitations. And I think that's what Dumbledore talks to Harry about in the speech that you referenced, um, Reels, because if if there were no limitations to Voldemort's immortality, there would be no point. If there was no if there was no Achilles heel from what from what he's concocted, there would be no point. I think what we what we see is even in with the, all of the evil that he has constructed, that there are weaknesses in it. And that's what um, Dumbledore is training Harry to attack. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But um, fair point. I would just say, but in this case, not to counter what you're saying, but just to say, you know, like, yes, let's, so we've got into a little heavy, you know, there's something to bear in mind as we go through this book. And definitely moving into the second book because we will get we will basically open with another monologue. <laughs> from right. Evil. But 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 what you what what we're discussing really does lead into 
the, the, the next big item, the next big uh, event, which is, you know, the confrontation between Harry and Malfoy. Mm -hmm. um, and Malfoy so... in the bathroom, mm -hmm. uh, where he nearly <laughs> kills Malfoy. Mm. Thank you, Deb. I was hoping that Deb was going to be the one to be like, "Real, you're being crazy. This was not attempted murder. I'm just saying it is. <laughs> oh, no, it was. I mean, he didn't know. It, 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 look, we, we said we weren't doing any, any tennis connection. But, I mean, just because you didn't mean to hit somebody in their Body. life. <laughs> Suffer the consequences. I look at, look, look, look at Snape. Look at Snape being right there at the uh, morning myrtle, being a spy as she is. So, as you know, we are into the, um, like, two significant things happen, actually. And seemingly rather... Um, it's rather interesting, but as we will get to them, this is like this book is so brilliantly constructed. Um, I have to see most of than I think in any of the others, because it seemed like a very passive book in many ways. Because we're not seeing Big Bang, you know what I mean? We're not like you know, but we're in so much thing because he meets Snape and he meets Trelawney, two of his least favorite teachers <laughs> in the whole school, right? And then two significant things happen in that whole encounter. And so Snape goes, Harry goes to the bathroom and the infamous Moaning Myrtle bathroom. And what's his name is in there talking to Myrtle. He's talking to a ghost. You know, he's talking to the dead. He's crying. He's crying. And, you mm -hmm. know, who's sympathetic. You know, Moaning Myrtle, she is all sympathetic to the boys. Uh, she hates the girls because they constantly tease her. But it's rather interesting, you know, um, I guess a paradox, not a paradox, but, you know, interesting juxtaposition. Here is a boy facing death. And who does he find, you know, I mean, um, comforting? It's with a ghost. Right? But he right. doesn't say to her, you know, like, He's like, you know, he's crying, I'll be killed and whatever the case may be. But he's no longer with any of his cronies who would have been privy to the plan to a certain extent. And, but, you know, jocks don't do feelings. You know what I mean? Jocks don't do understanding, you know? They don't do complex thought processes. So Malfoy, if he doesn't feel it, he can go to Crab and Goyle. But the crab and go might have class, actually. That might be the issue <laughs> because they got held back in year five. <laughs> I mean, in year five, you have classes every day, you know, all from nine to five or whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? In year six, you get free periods. But um, there was Malfoy crying and moaning out to Muddle. And then who does Malfoy see but his enemy? And he is like enraged. <laughs> and he attempts and, an unforgivable curse. He attempts to crucify. Right. Curse. Which is, you know, one of those things where, you know, for me, when I saw that, I was just like, bitch, I knew. You are just, like, you know, like, I have no sympathy for someone like you. Because you're, you're, you're that boy, Draco. You are really that boy. That despite all of the, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to, and I think J.K. Rowling is trying to let us have some sympathy for Draco. I don't know why. But, you know, I guess because he's that ultra white boy, blonde, you know, like he is apex white boy. But that whole thing, I was just like, nope, yelling nasty. 
there's something wrong with y'all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're in a school. You've almost killed two people <laughs> at this point, mm-hmm. right? You've mm-hmm. almost killed two people. And it's sheer, it's sheer luck why these two people are not dead. Right. But this is just recklessness. This is just sheer, sheer, sheer luck. Because not even Slughorn knew what to do when <laughs> Harry and um, Ron almost got poisoned, which I don't think we even mentioned. They were having this thing and whatever. Right. And there you are about to go again and do real harm to another classmate. And Harry was just like, let's see what's going to happen here. Being a reactor, as Deb says, and take some temper. Which he didn't really know the power of. He really didn't know the power of it. Uh, Uh He didn't know what it was. He didn't know what it was. He just, he saw it in the book. And it says for enemies. Right. And he thought, okay, but I mean, which is really kind of like, really, Harry? I mean, you know, you've been (laughs) warned over and over again about doing stuff that you don't really understand, but okay. And you do know defensive spells. Yeah. And you know other defensive spells. It's not like you needed this. Exactly. And you, because you have been attacked, you know, and you know how to to fend off an attack, but this is what you've been so, he was so immersed in that book that it was foremost in his mind. And that's the first thing that came out of his mouth. So when he sees what he's done, oh my gosh, you know, he's horrified. He doesn't know what to do. And fortunately for him, um, Snape has been kind of lurking around Malfoy. (laughs) You know, trying to figure things. You know, trying to <laughs> trying to watch what Malfoy is doing. You know, Harry thinks he's watching Malfoy. Snape's watching Malfoy too. And so when he, I didn't even think of that bit too, actually. Oh yeah, said... he's watching Malfoy. He's following Malfoy too. Mm-hmm. So he's watching. You know, that's why he happens to be everywhere Malfoy pops up. So when he comes in, he immediately knows what to do to. Um, you know, to stem the blood that's flowing. Well, and he created that spell. He well. created, well, we, as we find out later, he created the spell. Yes. So it's really, um, you know, it's Harry gets him. He, he thinks that on the one hand, he is trying to stop Malfoy from doing something um, deadly or, or heinous. And then he finds himself using a spell that he has no idea of its power and creates a big mess. In that he bathroom. looks like the aggressor now. <laughs> he does. He looks like the aggressor. He looks like the aggressor. And then, of course, you know, Snape has his suspicions and immediately wants to see that potions book. Mm. Well, actually, Snape, Snape, Snape is like, he's like, my favorite bitch is like, ah, a potter potter, basically. Hmm. Who would have thought you right. were right. doing things like this? And he you knew like, such dark magic. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something who, along those lines. How did you know that? Who thought you knew such dark magic? Who taught you that spell? And Harry, don't think of the book. Oh, do first. <laughs> See? It's like, it's just, oh my God. It's a grand old thing. Like, you're just cringe. If you went to an all boys school, you're just cringing at this like idiot. You did the thing you were not supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you're thinking, like, when you're in this criminal element, it's like, don't think of the obvious thing. It's just like, like, oh, God, especially with Snape. And he knew exactly what Snape was doing. Awkward. 
And right. You like the you like you you have zero skill in Octomus. It's like <laughs> you just translate. You have just written on your forehead. Oh, potions, bug. You know what I mean? It's just like read my mind. Right. Know that <laughs> I have a book. I'm <laughs> I'm That's getting all my information have. from. Yes, and, and you know this. I'm I'm so bad at this because I refuse to really <clears throat> do what I do the lessons properly when I was attempted when somebody was attempting to teach me. Arrogant, so. arrogant, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> but um, oh no, no, I don't think that Harry didn't learn occlumency because he was arrogant. I think he didn't have a very good teacher. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Remember, he no, didn't. He wasn't no. fully committed to it. He wasn't committed he to, to it. He wasn't committed to it. But I never really felt like Snape told him what to do. All he says is close your mind. That's it. I'm but like, give him some more information. Actually. That's how it but works. Like, that's what Draco was you, doing. Yes, but if you remember in that moment, Harry said, "You're not telling me how." You're not. T- he he said that to Snape many times w- during you know there are few lessons. He no. says you're not telling me how. I mean, there's got to be something. Well, I, Snape I feel like- says to him. Snape says to him, "You are capable of doing any spell that you think will be counter jinx. You think could be thing, because there is a way to counter it. Because remember when when Draco when Snape attempts to read Draco's mind, he stops." Right, he, he can't do because it. Drake, right, he can't because, do it. No, no, no. Because, because Draco Drake, blocks him. No, Draco says, "I know what I'm going to do. I can stop you." So there is a thing that you can do in order to stop you. Know, somebody there is like, a, "You can put up a Protego spell or whatever the case be." It isn't just a simple like it's almost like X Men. That X Men, like how Professor X and like Jean Grey and the other the other circuit wizard um, come through. So I didn't think that when Snape, I I didn't see it that way at all when um, Snape and Draco were together. I thought that, or unless it happened more than once, and I don't remember, but God, I've I've consumed this book so many times over the last month. Um, I felt like Snape was trying to read Draco's mind, and Draco blocks him. Not that he doesn't try, because. Draco's aware that it might be happening because Snape actually says, Oh, oh I see right. Bellatrix is sh- teaching you some uh-huh. tricks. Right. So, so I think he was actively trying to do it and he was unsuccessful. It wasn't that he didn't try. Hold he on, did I... try, but Draco blocks him. Yeah, I think that's so. And I, but I, mm-hmm. you know, let's the, mm. but remember Harry. Harry wanted to, he wanted to keep, he was, Harry was of two minds about the whole occlumency thing. He wanted to keep getting the visions from Voldemort. From, right, from, from right. Voldemort. He wasn't totally, he felt like that was information and he didn't want to totally give it up. So he really was operating with of two oh, minds. Oh, I see what you're saying, Janina. I see, it could be read, that could be read that way as you were thinking. Because it says here, there was a pause, and then Snape said quietly, Ah, Aunt Bellatrix has been teaching you occlumency, I see. Yeah. What thoughts are you trying to conceal from your master, Draco? I'm not trying to conceal anything from him. I don't want you butting in. And this is a rather interesting thing, because Snape is assuming he is the master here, because that's what they call each other in school, master, Snape, and that sort of thing, like teachers and whatever, the headmaster, the housemaster, etc. Mm-hmm. 
And Draco is saying, hey, my allegiance isn't to you, boo. Right. <laughs> my allegiance But I, I mean, to, to me, that clearly says, I'm keeping things from you. I'm not going to let you do that to me. Right. So I know I, and what I was yeah. saying is that you mentioned that he was attempting to try to um, sing. But I just, I took it, I read this bit as being, even when Snape did try, Snape did try to um, go there, but he stops him. And I think, but you, you read that as being, he tried to read his mind and see that Bellatrix has taught him occlumency, so he can't do anything. You see the difference there? But it doesn't matter. It's, it's inconsequential. But I think the difference between Draco and Harry and their occlumency is that Harry was of mixed minds yes, about yes. it. And so he did not totally, maybe subconsciously, commit to learning it. Um, even though you say Snape wasn't doing very much to teach him, but I think Harry was definitely not totally committed to learning it because he never he emptied still, his mind or anything. He never oh, no. emptied his mind. He never did what he was told to do. And I think he felt like I know it was a little bit of that, you know, like when you try to tell a teenager something, you may think that that's what I need to do, but I'm going to do it this way. And I <laughs> think that's what was happening even though um, everybody was begging him to take his occlumency. Lupin, everybody was begging him to take that seriously. Hermione, but he just he just had this little, this well, little thing, feeling like, I still want to see what he's thinking. I want to know what he's doing. I want to know what he's thinking. But he was also clinging to the fact that he saved Arthur. Right. right. So he's like, if I do this, I might miss something and someone might die. Right. So I think it's twofold. It's that I want to know what Voldemort's doing. Um, but I need to know because I might be able to save someone, which, I mean, we've been there, done that. Ultimately, that's his downfall. That's what gets him in everybody in there and Sirius killed. But, you know, I still don't think, I mean, I agree. Harry absolutely didn't, was not committed to learning it. But clearly, given given what we've seen and how it's been used through throughout and up until now, you can turn it on and turn it off. Um right. So Harry, so in in that respect, um, in especially in the end, because Harry is able to do it in book seven, um, when he needs to, he's able to do it. But I still feel like even though Harry didn't truly want to learn it because he thought he needed to be able to access in that information, because it's almost like he thought that if I do this, I'm cutting myself off completely. Like I won't be able to turn it on and off. It seems like he probably thought of it that way. Otherwise he would have learned, he would have probably tried harder to do it and used it as necessary. Um, but I still feel like, you know, he cried out, like, you're not telling me what to do. I mean, if someone just tells you over and over again, it's like learning to meditate, right? They're like, empty your mind, empty your thoughts. Well, how do you do that? I mean, when I personally try to do that, I just fall asleep. What does that actually mean? What does it look like? Give me some tools. And I don't feel like Snape did that. That's my point. Look, we can be, I, I'm offered to be on a Snape, drag Snape bandwagon. But I'm going to give, as my grandmother would say, give Jack the jacket and give Jim his gym boots. Okay? We ain't going to drag Snape for this bit. It is true. Snape was reckless. Snape is being that Snape was well, not even right Dumbledore tells us later that it was there's too much hate. There's too much hate and anim animosity between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. They Dumbledore should have never worked together. However, 
they should never work together. However, Dumbledore's reasoning for doing that is absolutely right because apparently I'm all for being on the Snape ba- hating dragon Snape bandwagon. Honestly, I am because I think Snape is a dick most of the days, um, particularly when he comes to Harry. Particularly, we talked about last week, this man never smiles. We've never seen this man smile in any instant unless it's something to hurt someone. You know what I mean? But in this case, I am with them 100% along the way. That I think Harry, at the end of the day, I know Snape was not the best teacher. There's too much animosity we mentioned between him and Harry. But Harry just was not committed to doing this at all. He felt that there was something in... There was more benefit. There was more positive. There were more mm-hmm. positives to him not really learning to do this. than there was negative. He was really fascinated about the door. Because even when Snape said to him, you shouldn't be dreaming about the door, he's just like, what's behind that door? I want to know that door Ooh, I, know what I need to door. know. I, because, and this is how he's always been, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got to find things out that I have no business finding out. You know, I think I'm De- Detective Columbo right behind me. You know what I mean? Which is and, so interesting. It's so interesting because you know, isn't that one of the things that Slughorn says about Tom Riddle? Mm-hmm. How do you find out, you know, your source of information? Um, you know things that are going on in the school more that than anybody know. else. That you should know. And, you know, once again, you see another common trait. They may not be knowing the same kinds of information. Right. But, um, because Harry would, wouldn't have been interested in who's retiring and who's not. But I think right. that whole propensity to know, you know, stuff that other students and other folks in the school don't know it's a kind of a, a shared um uh, trait that they have and we know he always loved information i mean this book starts out with him trying to go in the, the to the um that invisibility cloak right when draco kicks him in the face right. That's something. Right. I, I, we didn't even <laughs> even deal with like that he determined. yes he's gonna on know sight. yes yes let me just put it on here on sight when i see when i see draco next time I was going to cross. I don't even care if they put me in the train back. <laughs> the next time I see Draco, catch me outside, boo. <laughs> well, you know, meet like me at the flagpole. It, it was the mirror image of the way they dealt with Draco at the end of at the book end of five. Book exactly. Five. Listen to me. I would have put that Hermione. What's the spell you put on Eloise um, um, Marietta's face? Me? Let's put a hole on this boo head. Let's fix that. <laughs> Let's get that working. <laughs> right, right. So, just to, uh, you know, keep us chucking along. One thing that I I never fully understood was that as much at this point as we know, Snape is always all about getting Harry in trouble. He does not... Um, he knows damn well he's had we know that he's had his suspicions about harry having this book um he he has confirmation now he doesn't he doesn't pursue it and i that just always seems so weird to me almost like he wants him to keep it um but it's like you have the perfect opportunity right now to do, to take this away, to bust him out, you know, to bust his potions bubble. You didn't know shit. This is my stuff you've been doing. These are my tricks you've been using. I don't, I don't understand. Well, I mean, for a fact, it, it works for later when he says, I'm the half blood prince, you know, it works then. But it just, that was a little bit off to me. But, but Janina, you forget something is happening right here. We're going downhill on the we're going down the hill on the slope. We are downhill skiing from this point. 
Because right. as soon as this point, he meets Trelawney. And then he gets the information because he hides the book. Right, right, right. He goes right. to hide the book. But you're right. Snape suspected. Snape, Snape knows that whatever Harry is doing, Certainly it ain't since right. Slughorn, since Slughorn started extolling Harry's. Right. Um, Snape knew something uh, ain't right. Potion yeah. abilities. But he doesn't yes. know what it is. He doesn't but know he what does, it is. Exactly. But then when but he, he says, go get book. your book, oh, he knows. He, knows. he, he knows. reads his and mind. And yeah, and it just it never really, it just never felt right. See, I thought that he doesn't call out there. brings back a fake book, right? Remember, Harry hides the real book, brings back a fake book. Yeah, but we know, but we know. And he gives him attention. Right, but I think I, I don't think I think Snape really feels that he cannot reveal himself. Exactly. How would you um, yes, say? because he's still basically trying to figure out, trying to trying to stop uh, uh, Malfoy, or well, trying what to figure would it out matter? what he's doing. Because I think he really doesn't want to um, reveal anything else about himself, and and um, or give any clues as to. Um, what he's actually been doing or which side he's really working on. Well, I don't even know if that's the case. I don't know that that would have mattered. If he would have said, if he would have said, Harry, this was my book when I was at Hogwarts. These are my tricks. These are my suggestions to make potions better. I don't think that that defines him in any other way other than dabbling in black magic which we already which we already knew or i should say dark magic and that he's a brilliant potions master i don't think that tell that's what i mean i don't i don't mean anything outside of that it just it felt weird to me because we know clearly that in the bathroom when he tells him go get me your school books that he knows harry has his old book in that moment, he knows. And it just, it was weird that he chose not to say anything because I don't think it reveals anything but, other but, than I'm the one who's helping you. The one that you hate so much. This is my well, stuff. Well, Because all along, enough. remember all along, Harry says, I've learned more from this book than I ever learned from Snape. Well, the book <laughs> and essentially things, you're right? learning from Snape, right? Just the irony of it all. Well, the yes. book is two things. Isn't the book a hand-me-down from Snape's mother? Yes. So the the book has the book is like two generations in, right? Yeah. Snape's mother's book yes. and Snape and her and Snape is writing on the side, right? Because mm-hmm. Hermione is just like that's a girl's handwriting in there. Yeah. Right. So he has right. this book. I just what I think one thing I don't know that's good on our reels, you know, ultra reality step right now. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> oh, get where? ready! <laughs> Brace yourselves. You know those crazy places, right? Where uh, what's the name? Where oh my god, where people get raped by centaurs? <laughs> oh, umbrage! Anyway, well, you know what? But Stop how it. How about? How about this book, Snape? Because remember, I think someone mentioned at some point, you know, he was probably embarrassed being connected to this book. But this book is almost like the diary. He put the book there intending for someone else to read this book. Because this is who they were back in the day. Snape, we, we, don't, we don't necessarily see this, but um, we would learn from Lily that Snape was part of a gang. And they were doing nasty things to people. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they were really up to this thing. So why leave the book there anyway unless you, know you intend for someone else to read the book? So, because most students, 
because and remember this is because we all i think people knew i think i don't think people knew the diary was a whole crux but they knew what the diary could do this is precisely why um what's his name give away the book right they're all about getting someone else to do the nasty things that i don't get credit but i know in my heart i did this thing so the book become because the book doesn't just have sectum tempera it has Libra, Libra Corpus, you know, Libra yeah. It has a whole bunch of other nasty spells written in at the side because that's what's even more fascinating to Harry. Harry isn't reading the spell books. <laughs> he isn't reading the potions. Right, right. He, no, he's, he's reading, reading the, the notes. He's the, reading the, the spells. He's reading the annotations. The, the annotations. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what he finds fascinating. And I think that is because Dumbledore is going to ask, why did this book end up in here? Right? And because, I mean, here's the other crazy thing. Snape being the potion master, he doesn't even impart that information to the students. These extra information that they knew, right? Because we see from what the do you mean, like the little stuff, like throwing right. a counterclockwise turn or something? Exactly. Okay. Because that that is the beauty. Of, that's why we the geeks are fascinated by the book more than the spells. <laughs> we are fascinated by the chemistry. Clearly, whoever is making these annotations in the book, these corrections, she's like, you can do everything fine, but here is the thing. Here's that extra little neat little trick, right? Mm-hmm. Use the flat end, you get more juice, one, two counterclockwise, one clockwise, and all this other thing. She's giving these neat little things in one because here's the thing. Hermione is following the standard method, right? She's getting results. She's getting the good results. But Harry is getting excellent results. So you keep saying she. So are you assuming that it was actually Snape's mother who put those notes in there? No, Snape's mother made the corrections with the spell. With the oh, potion. that's what you think? I never thought no, that. No, that's not what I think is what it is. Because this is Hermione points out that the girl's instructions, it's a girl who writes it in the book. Right, she's the one. Well, making yeah, but Hermione was convinced that it was going to be a woman, no, no matter what. Well, I she, never honestly took that too seriously. I didn't because Hermione, Hermione was not looking at the spells at the side. Hermione was mostly upset with the instructions for the potion. That's but Hermione wanted the Half Blood Prince to be a woman from the beginning. She argues the whole time. How do you know it's not a girl? And they're like, it's Prince Hermione, and she argues it all the way up until the very, very end. The very end. And then she says, well, see, I was right because it was, you know, this is Snape's mother. So I never, honestly, I never took it. She said said the handwriting. I know. I know. But I'm saying I never took her too seriously because she always wanted it to be a woman. I always thought those were Snape's notes. Always. I I don't know. I do. Deb, what do you think? I I thought that, um, that his mother wrote some of the things in the book, but that mm-hmm. Snape took it one step further. I think that was where we, we have him um, building on what his right mother, existing his knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because she's talking about it. And if you don't know, if you know, I, I on the side, I think Lily copied that book. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say she wasn't brilliant, because I know Snape would have given, if his only poster Snape would have helped in all of school, it, it would have been Snape. Lily. Yeah. Yeah. And but she, I also think oh, that Lily oh, Lily was a Lily right. was 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 a kind of person who they may have they may have had a lot of conversations 
about about um, potions, <clears throat> but I don't think she would have. She wouldn't have gone as far as Harry did. Like, no, pawning it off as her spell. own world. Right, because they had that conversation, right? Because you realize that she's not a victim of what they were doing. One, she's really right. brilliant and gifted. You know, she can fend for herself. Um, she was an aura. And she she tells him, you know, at some point, you know, like, we know what y'all have been doing, some of the things that y'all have been out here doing. And Snape tries to always, you know, be that ever, you know, that creepy man he is, he tries to pull himself out of the conversation. Well, you know, James and them do crazy shit, but it's just like, they ain't doing that. <laughs> right, they're not doing right. that. So they're, there doing, is a they're doing crazy jock stuff. They're not right. out here trying to, you know, hurt Murder people. people and, and specific victims because they have a specific right. victim that they're going after. So I think the book, what he's trying to leave the book behind is one of those things where he might have even forgotten about the book too. Because that book, because clearly... No, I mean, for the most, I mean, like, we don't really see poor, poor people in the school, right? We know poor people have to come there, but we've never really, other than Tom Riddle, we've never met. We don't know how poor poverty works in school. We know how poverty works in school, right? You yeah, but we also school. know that Dumbledore said, remember when he went and Tom says, I don't have any money. And he says, we have ways right. to help. So that establishes that way in the beginning establishes why they've got extra stuff there on hand. Well, they're secondhand books. And I mean, I'd sure. And he says, yeah. you might have to buy some of your things secondhand, secondhand, but you know, he says we have ways to help students that don't have the means to, to get what they need to come to Hogwarts. So I really just kind of took that, um, when Harry and Ron show up to class, they don't have books. That was just an explanation for me. Well, you know, I mean, I thought, oh, well, this is because you're like, well, why do you have these books laying around? You know, and how to like you said, how do you end up with this one? But they've got books laying around because everybody can't afford to buy a book. Well, it makes perfect remember, sense. But, it, but Harry, this might just Harry be was just... supposed to send for his book. Right. He was supposed he to get for his book. That's what's and when his new book came, mm -hmm. he switched the covers. That's right. But that's what's. Slughorn says to him, right? You can use the one in the cupboard until you until, get your own. Yes, yes. But it might but this might just be the interesting thing here that we're overlooking. This might just be just a plot device that she sort of just sticks in there. Because you're right, Janina. There is really no use for there to be books in the cupboard. Because if there are books, then these books can actually work, right? Because these are not outdated textbooks. Right. Why don't students use these textbooks all the time? Right. They can they can make the new, the old look new. You got magic, which is precisely what Harry did. Yeah. Right? So this is just one of those things you just sort of like throwing at the last element just to make this book. Just to tie make, everything up. Right. The the right. Have right. Book. Because really and truly, I mean, the potions in the book, right, is whatever, right? Hermione is being competitive. We've seen that shit before, right? She doesn't like that right. being brilliant and anything, whatever the case may be. And... And she's also fighting, you know, like, I think I should be able to get these results doing the standard thing. But she's also muggle. So she thinks, you know, very standard. You know what I mean? Like, very, so that Harry being the way he is, Harry's always thinking outside of the box, right? So, like, the flat bun. I mean, like, I ain't a good potion master. If this one, if this person say try this, why not try it, right? You know what I mean? Like, 
Well, whatever. I don't think that has but, anything to do with Hermione being muggle-born. I think she's just a rule follower. No, but that's what I, I mean. Like, like, no, being a rule follower, when I say mean a muggle-born, I mean it's just like, you know, like she's in a magical world that she's not aware of, and she likes to follow those rules, right? She's very the rule follower, whatever the case may be, and not. She does, I, I don't think she, I mean, like, we don't really, we don't have this much information, but, you know, the, we see the difference in how Ron thinks about things, right? Ron thinks about things sometimes in a magical dimension, right? Mm-hmm. He understands right. magical rules of what's involved here, even rules that are not being stated explicitly. He says, you know, oh, this won't be able to work, this thing's whatever. And she follows, she tries to learn as many of those things as possible. And in book seven, it comes up, right? Like, there's things that we would never hear, things that we would never know. Right, because well, we the other just thing is, that is, world. is Hermione. Hermione also, I mean, up until this point, she has had excellent results Result in potion, right? So she can see no reason why she shouldn't. And not only has she had excellent results, when she has read beyond, I mean, Hermione is not so much that it's beyond reading extra. It's you know you're reading extra of the things that are required or the things that are out there for you this feels like something that's counterfeit or not counterfeit but contraband Mm -hmm. and so she knows that it's not you know according to the rules and i think that's one of the things that it's gotten up it's gotten under her skin yeah so so i think this is one of those so the book might just be you know as you say janina just that thing right we need a, a magical artifact because we always get magical artifacts right to tie right. everything in and this book is being and what is most what is what, what well, turns out the book to be, is not magical right the book isn't magical but the book contains magic right you the get book what I'm contains saying. instructions, instructions. Magic. Yeah, that is, and that that becomes the um um thing. But in many ways, we can see the book is almost magical in a way because of the particularly to the the potion element. Because Hermione, one of the things that Hermione cannot do is Hermione cannot confer that the instructions are in fact correct, that these are legitimate. Because she keeps saying these are not the standard method, right? She's mad because it's yielding results way better results than her results too because she's right. getting the results right she's making whatever potion there is to make but harry's is clearer cleaner smellier whatever the case may be you know what i mean it's much more potent this spell book is giving potent potions as opposed to her is just giving you know like average for the excellent for the class but average potions you know what i mean because right. harry just like you know he put a sprig of um, peppermint or something in there to give it a sort of a different smell when he just, like, surprised me. Like, who professor is going to, like, chemistry class? Mix up something in the classroom, kids, and surprise me. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> who does this? This school is reckless every single day. 24-7, this school is reckless. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> I mean, could you... I mean, seriously. I'm going to, like, chemistry class mix up anything you want behind and surprise me, someone's going to get killed. You see, this is why Neville couldn't be in this classroom. You see, this is why. Because <laughs> <there> was... <laughs> that castle was going to be on fire. Oh, <laughs> but we will get there. So let's not get bogged down in this, you know, like, man, it's because, you know, the real details. Because when Harry has detention with Snape, and then at some point he meets Trelawney, and Trelawney had a little bottle. 
you know, like. <laughs> so I think that I, I love this part. I really do. I love so much about this. Um, but I think we have to pause a moment and give old drunk Sybil some credit. Mm, let's hear okay. this. She has told us from the beginning of this book that something is going to happen at this school near the tower. She has said it repeatedly. She asked the centaurs about it and they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And she's gone to Dumbledore and nobody's listening. And she was right. She was right. No, no, no. Listen, at the very beginning, she when she's um, bitching, basically, about sharing students with friends, she says that she went to him and she was like, don't, basically, it was kind of like, don't you feel something is going to happen? Don't you feel this energy or whatever? And he blows her off. Then Harry walks past her. Well, that might be, no, it's before, right? When she's, uh, he's trying to hide from her, but she's doing cards and she keeps coming back and saying something about a tower and something bad is going to happen. And then she's like, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. And, And then that happens. And then he meets her just now when she's trying to hide her stuff in the room of requirement. She mentions it again, that something is going to happen and that she feels it in the tower but nobody will listen did you guys miss that because i oh, missed right, it right she does a lot i missed she, that actually she does. and and um she talks and and harry until he re- he he's all listening until he realizes and she starts talking about um snape, snape. Mm-hmm. yeah but if when it's all said and done after Dumbledore and Harry get back from the cave, the dark mark is over the tower, and then boom, Dumbledore ends up falling from that tower and dying. Oh, she all... she wants she you know they 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 joke about Sybil, um, yeah. being a fraud and what have you, but but her, she warned her, us this entire book, us, yes. the entire book, she was warning us that something was going to happen, but because she's the old fraud drunk that's only gotten two things right ever. <laughs> You know, nobody wanted to listen to her. But she really, I didn't her pick up really on. Should be, it should be Cassandra, like the Greek, <laughs> exactly. um, the Greek exactly. uh, seer who who could see things, but nobody would believe her. Apollo spit in her mouth. I think it is Apollo. Yes, yeah, right. It was. You know, she was cursed that she had this gift. She stole it. Didn't she steal the gift of of uh, being able to tell? I the do story? not pretend to know Greek. And, no, I and... I think these. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. It's that Apollo fell in love with her and she spurned his advancement. That's probably what it is. And, you know, like she tricked him into something and he's just like, "Uh uh-huh, girl. And she started to laugh or something. And then he's like, because I think she is the daughter of, um, she has a much, I don't know, she's connected to the gods in some way. But it is said, you know, like, you know, anything you say, you could be out here talking, whatever. No one will believe you. Right, and right. I see eventually why she kills herself because of the um, um, she's basically trying to convince people that this is what's going to happen, and she just basically is like, "All right, and I'll kill myself. Maybe I'll take me seriously then." Yeah, because um, he he get no he she didn't steal the gift; he gave it to her in order to win her, 
and um, she promised that she was going to, like, her favors. And then she got the gift and was like, no, I ain't giving you nothing. Yeah, I ain't sleeping with you, boo. Then he said he couldn't he <laughs> couldn't take the gift back, but he said, well, you can have the gift, but nobody will believe you. And it was, some, of, some of these, listen to me, some of these Greek stories, I just think, oh, why are you people teaching these things to children? These know, things are I vile. Was, I was Rape and murder and incest when I discovered them and I was a happy camper. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Sybil, um, who, and I guess, you know, this book came out long after the whole idea of Sybil with the multiple personalities. So maybe <laughs> it was, um, you know, she, one of her personalities was actually a real seer. And, well, her great grandmother is um, a seer. That's why Dumbledore, right. This is why, um, this is why Dumbledore even agreed to meet with her. Right. Because of her, she was the, she was the daughter of a great seer. No, the granddaughter. The I granddaughter. Think, okay. Of a great seer, and you know, like she's saying, you know, like oh, she tells um, what's that woman called? Oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. Oh my God, Umbridge Dolores. She just Umbridge right. Dolores. You know, like these things skip a few generations. You know. Right, and Dolores right. is just like, girl, a teensy prophecy? Let me hear something, girl. Tell me. You didn't see and you didn't see I was gonna fire you. When when Dumbledore <laughs> met with her, he was about ready to get this to give up and say, you know, thank you. It was nice meeting you, but no, I can't use you. And she tells him something, she tells him something that was true. That she tells him something that makes him stop. Wasn't well, it when so they she when they met turned to somebody else? That 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 is why Harry didn't ignore her in, in book three. Right? Is that she turns into her voice got well, her voice different. changes her and voice her head changes. is slack yeah. and right. right. So I always right. took that to be that her aunt, uh, her grandmother, uh great grandmother is channeling is Oh you did? Because she, yeah, because she has no memory of ever having these conversations. Right. That's right. just the crazy that's one of the reasons why they want to protect her. Because she has no memory of the conversation. She keeps every single time. If you check it out, whenever she gives one of these prophecies, right? She's a completely different person. She isn't yeah. speaking in silly riddles. She's being very explicit, which which was a, this was the, which is the trick with the prophecy, right? Is that Voldemort doesn't hear the end because the prophecy well, is very Vol- com- I mean, uh, uh, Snape didn't Snape hear doesn't the end. hear. He right. didn't hear the end of the prophecy. He doesn't hear the end of the, the prophecy. Whole prophecy, right? Because, because she's um, very clear as to what that part, because it, like Dumbledore says to Harry, right, you're being marked, right? That is the trick, is right. that y- you are marking your enemy. You you are marking the one who will kill you right? and not the other way around. You don't get to kill the person. <laughs> you know, you don't get to kill your killer. Um, and Dumbledore did say to Harry before me, you know, like you're setting too much stone in the prophecy. The prophecy is irrelevant. Not all prophecies come true. Right. You know what I mean? Dumbledore. And, and, well, and if and he even says, if you had never heard that prophecy, what w- would you would you would you still want him just to go out willy nilly doing what he's doing? And Harry says, no, I'd still right. want to take him out. You said right because because of that. Um, I think that because of what he did in the beginning, right? Right, right. Because, because of what of, he did to my parents. What he's he did done to my parents, this. other people. Mm-hmm. But um, I always think. Trelawney is some uh, Trelawney don't know what she's doing. Trelawney don't know how good she is. Let's just put it that way, Janine. <laughs> Trelawney don't know that these good things. She just thinks she's doing these um things with the tarot cards and all of these things. 
And it seems to be, at least on my impression, that prophecy, they're not any of those things. You're not getting prophecies. This is why Ferenzi doesn't like her. He's just like, she's doing these trivial, nonsensical things. You know what I mean? Like tea well, leaves does, and cards like she, and crystal like balls. Something, that's what I mean about the multiple personalities. She becomes something else because she said, I didn't think the headmaster was even interested in me. And then um, I started to feel a little odd. I hadn't eaten that much. And now Harry was paying proper paying attention properly for the first time, for he knew what had happened. Professor Trelawney had made the prophecy that altered the course of his whole life, the prophecy about him and Voldemort. But then we were rudely interrupted by Severus Snape. So she doesn't really, you know, remember what she said. She just knows that she told she told Dumbledore something. She didn't, she wasn't quite feeling herself. So you get the sensation that she doesn't even know when she's when she goes into that trance and actually says something that means something, she doesn't even know it. So it's not, you know, it's it's like you said, it's like she's being, she's somebody's channeling. Somebody else, she's channeling somebody Mm -hmm. else. Because she's broken out of the trance and then she goes back into the trance to finish the prophecy. Because Because usually she's not aware of what's happening. Like who is even around her? Well, she said after after they got over the commotion and what have you, well, Dumbledore seemed much more disposed to give me a job. Um, she then she thought she thought it was because I couldn't help thinking, Harry, that it was because he appreciated the stark contrast between my unassuming manners and quiet talent compared to the pushing, thrusting young man who was prepared to listen at keyholes. So she doesn't even she doesn't say I told Dumbledore something important. And so right, she doesn't to know what's happening. She at doesn't all. know what's happened. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea that she could be multiple personality. That's that could work too. Right. <laughs> 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 because I mean, <laughs> I mean, see, I, 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 this is why I love this group. I love this group. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. And I didn't even read picked up that you know she was always talking about the tower. I ignore. I'm just like, girl, you're drunk. Go sober up. <laughs> Get out of here. And you're drinking cheap sherry wine. Get out of here. Really? <laughs> you know, and, and you're hiding the bottles and you know Exactly. We've established that Trelawney, um, you know, where we once thought she was a bit of a fraud. We we also we know now that she um has given us these two very powerful prophecies, and that she, when these prophecies come through Trelawney, um, she doesn't really know what's going on. But in the the case of the the prophecy that she made about that had to do with Voldemort and Harry, that it is very much what is driving both Dumbledore, and once Harry has heard this prophecy, it's also driving him. So. When he when is he, it true? Sorry, I think he I think it is. I mean, remember Dumbledore asked him if you hadn't heard. Well, he you know he he says even if he hadn't heard the prophecy, he still would have wanted to take Dumble to take uh, Voldemort down. But I I think that the prophecy has heightened um, what Harry's sense of responsibility. And heightened his awareness of the fact okay, that okay, I, I I see what you're saying here now. Yeah. in the sense that it creates this almost like intertwining destiny that is inevitable. Exactly. That their courses right. are going to be their courses will will definitely intersect because it keeps intersecting. And one of the right. interesting thing I think Dumbledore says to Harry is that you beyond anyone else has survived this man. 
your parents have not survived this man three times. Mm-hmm. They've never they've never survived a fourth time, I should say. You keep slipping out of this man, um, grip. So I, I see what you're saying. So it's because it, it, I read it as being, as Dumbledore said, you know, you do not set too much store in these prophecies, right? Like it's it's irrelevant. Right. To, it's know, just a, like another layer of what was going to happen right. anyways. Exactly. It's a reinforcement. Exactly. And, and the and, other thing too we need to say is that Dumbledore again isn't giving Harry all of the information as we would know in the seventh book. Right. Right. <laughs> and and when, when Harry hears um, Trelawney's story about, um, you know, how she was, her interview with Dumbledore and, and was interrupted by Snape. And then I think that real, really gets to Harry and he goes, he goes pummeling into Dumbledore's office, but he is um, you know, intent on, you know, being dealt dealing with this whole Snape issue once again when he's distracted by the fact that Dumbledore is about to go somewhere. He has a traveling cloak and he says, you know, I told you you could come with me. So Harry is immediately forgets for the moment, forgets about the issues around the prophecy, forgets all about Trelawney. He had told her just to stay there. To stay there. And he told you her, keep you ass right here you stay right here and she was like oh i want to talk to things like no because like i'm talking to dumbledore right now when um when harry gets to when he realizes that um dumbledore is about to embark on one of his trips and this he he told him he promised him that he could come with him and that immediately you know pushes everything out of Harry's mind and at the for the moment and he starts you know questioning um do you are we looking for you think you found a horcrux and Dumbledore's telling him um I believe so I believe it's hidden in a in a cave um he talks a little bit about you know Tom Riddle's history with this cave and then um he looks at Harry and he he knows that something's wrong Mm-hmm. And Harry says, he says, what's 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 bothering you? What's upset you? And Harry's like, nothing, because he doesn't want anything to get in. You know, he's about to go on an adventure. And he says, you know, Harry, you were never very good at Occ- occupancy. Yeah, that, that part really. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and then Harry let loose. Yes, he lets and loose then, all of I, his emotions about Snape. And this is the other thing I, um, he's like, the words, but you see, this is and then. But Dumbledore said a trigger word. <laughs> Dumbledore says you're not very good. You were never a good Aquaman. Right, and that's like Snape, Snape, Snape. It's just like, bitch, <laughs> Snape. He said very loudly, and Fox gave a soft squawk behind him. Snape, what happened? He told Voldemort about the prophecy. It was him. He listened outside the door. Trelawney told me. Dumbledore expression didn't change. And this is what is infuriating Harry even more, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another secret. Right. And Harry right. thought his face whitened under um, the blood, bloody tinge cast by the setting sun. So there is, a, there is a feeling. For a long moment, Dumbledore said nothing. When did you find out about this? He asked at last. Just now, said Harry who was refraining from yelling with enormous difficulty, and then suddenly he couldn't stop himself. And you let him teach here. And he told Voldemort to go after my mom and dad. Breathing hard as though he was fighting, 
Harry turned away from Dumbledore, who still had not moved a muscle, and paced up and down the, stu the study, rubbing his knuckles in his hand and exercising every last bit of restraint to prevent himself knocking things over. He wanted to rage and, rage and storm at Dumbledore, but he also wanted to, to go with him to try and destroy the Horcrux. He wanted to tell him that he was a foolish old man for trusting Snape, but he was terrified that Dumbledore would not take him along unless he had mastered his anger. This this um, um, throwaway line here, it may seem he mastered his anger. We would see that again, this mastery of feelings and emotion. Harry, said Dumbledore quietly, please listen to me. It was as difficult to stop his relentless pacing as to refrain from shouting. Harry paused, biting his lip, and looked into Dumbledore's lined face. Professor, Professor Snape made a terrible... Don't tell me it was a mistake, sir. He was listening at the door. Please let me finish, Dumbledore. Waited until Harry had nodded curtly and then went, on, then went on. Professor Snape made a terrible mistake. He was still in Lord Voldemort's employ on the night he had heard the first half of Professor Trelawney's prophecy. Naturally, he hastened to tell his master what he had heard, for it concerned his master most deeply. But he did not know. He had no possible way of knowing which boy Voldemort would hunt from then on, or what the parents, or that the parents he would destroy, he would destroy in this murderous quest, were the people that Professor Snape knew, that they were your mother and father. Harry let out a yell of mirthless laughter. He hated my my dad like he hated Sirius. Haven't you noticed, Professor, how the people Snape hate tend to end up dead? You have no idea of the remorse Professor Snape felt when he realized how Lord Voldemort had had interpreted the, the prophecy. Harry, I believe it was the I believe it to be the greatest regret of his life and the reason that he returned. But he's a very good Occlement, isn't he, sir? said Harry, whose voice was shaken with the effort of repeating it steady. And isn't Voldemort convinced that Snape's on his side even now? Professor, how can you be sure Snape's on our side? Dumbledore did not speak for a moment. He looked as though he was trying to make up his mind about something. At last, he said, I am sure. I trust Severus Snape completely. Harry breathed deeply for a few moments in an effort to steady himself. It did not work. Well, I don't, he said as loudly as before. He's up to something with Draco Malfoy right now, right under your nose. And you still, we have discussed this, Harry, said Dumbledore. And now he sounded stern. I've told you my views. You're leaving the school tonight, and I bet you haven't even considered that Snape and Malfoy might decide to. To what? Asked Dumbledore, his eyebrow raised. What it is that you suspect them of doing, precisely? This annoys me. I, they, they're up to something, said Harry, and his hands curled with a, with a fist, uh, with, into fists as he said it. Professor Trelawney was just in the room of requirements, trying to hide her sherry bottles, and she heard Malfoy whooping, celebrating. He's trying to mend something dangerous in there. And if you ask him, he fixed it at last. And you're about to just walk out of the school without enough, said Dumbledore. He said it quite calmly, and yet Harry felt silent at once. He knew that he had finally crossed some invisible line. Do you think that I have once left the school unprotected during my absences this year? I have not. Tonight, when I leave, there will again be additional protection in place. Please do not suggest that I do not take the safety of my students Seriously, Harry, I didn't, mumbled Harry, a little abashed, but Dumbledore cut him across. 
I do not wish to discuss the matter any further. Harry bit back his retort, scaring, scared that he had gone too far, that he had ruined the chance of accompanying Dumbledore. But Dumbledore went on. Do you wish to accompany, do you wish to come with me tonight? Yes, said Harry at once. Very well. Then listen. I take you on, Dumbledore drew himself up to his full height. I take you with me on one condition, that you obey any command I might give you at once and without question. Of course, be sure to understand me, Harry. And I mean that you must follow even such orders as run, hide, or go back. Do I have your word? I, yes, of course. If I tell you to hide, you will do so. Yes. If I tell you to flee, you will obey. Yes. If I tell you to leave me and save yourself, you will do as I tell you. I, Harry, they looked at each other for a moment. Yes, sir. Very good. Then I wish you to go and fetch your invisibility cloak and come meet me in the entrance hall in five minutes time. This is such an interesting interaction. And it's one of my favorites. Um, favorite of ever? Not one of, this is not my favorite, but it, it, it's these moments because we who have read the books, all of the books, we know there's so much going on here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's one of those moments where as much as I think Harry is an asshole a lot of times, it's one way I really register with how he's feeling here. Sure. And there is this thing that's going on here, just like he wants to go on this adventure, right? Dumbledore is, is Harry's in this very weird place, right? This right. man is this source of his torment. And, you know, like, because in this moment, it's, no man says it, but, he is Dumbledore is about to tell him to trust. Dumbledore is to say, "Trust me at this moment, right? And trust what I'm telling you. You must do." But he, his issue here is that he can't really trust Dumbledore. He's questioning that relationship now mm-hmm. because Dumbledore has held back this very important secret. You know what I mean? Because he's right. like, you know, the, the feeling, and you know, one of the interesting things he never calls Snape's professor, right? Here, because every time he's done it in the past. Snape, Dumbledore has said, it's Professor Snape, right. okay? It ain't Snape. You're not a sex and a size bull, okay? It's a grown man, okay? It's a teacher. It will be Professor Snape. But this time, Dumbledore doesn't correct him on any of these things. And Harry is really, really pissed. And the thing that isn't said here, which is annoying me, I don't care whether this is why I am all for this, like, I have issues with Snape. I didn't care whether Snape was... My problem was that Snape was, Snape was going to tell Voldemort something to go kill a baby. I don't care whether he thought he was going to kill Lily or whatever. It was going to be somebody's baby was going to be killed. And that was my problem with the whole situation. I get people going to try... That is what is unforgivable to me. That you went to carry a message for your master to go kill a whole family. And you're just mad they got the wrong people. They got your friends. And that, to me, is what is is forever in my mind with him. I understand the situation that he's in, but it is the thing that Harry doesn't say here. And it's, I'm surprised J.K. Rowling doesn't go that way because she's setting it up, right? She literally builds up to that crescendo, right? Because he says Dumbledore is skirting around the issue. Dumbledore is saying he didn't know when he was going to tell the message that it was going to be the people that he liked. And Harry just like, Harry's almost in, in Harry's mind, Snape told Dumbledore Voldemort that to go kill Lily and James. 
But what Snape actually said is just a boy. Voldemort right. was the one who interpreted that it's going to be Lily and James. He chose them. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. So that is all Harry is thinking about. But Harry isn't seeing what Voldemort, what Dumbledore has just said here. Right? That Snape well, just I thought, the- I thought Voldemort killed um, James because he was in the way. And then he killed Lily because she was in the way. Doesn't he say, you know, move aside? He was going to kill her anyway. Probably. And he tells her, move aside, you silly girl. But, and, but, um, because his, he had one goal, and that was to kill the... It was to, it was it was to kill the uh, the child who was going to to be the threat to him. Well, I I mean I'm assuming I always assume that he if you're gonna kill somebody, baby, you have to kill the parents too because at the every if you get the baby by itself, they're gonna come after you for revenge. Right? I think he's evil enough that given the chance, he might have just killed the baby to make. Them I did suffer. too. Well, I mean but I think I- that's his goal, but I mean like. But he knew he had to fight them because when he crossed the threshold, he basically said, these silly people, they put that because he knew that they had gone into hiding with mm-hmm. the baby. Right. So he knew he had to that protection was around them. Right. And I think I guess. Dodi, so he, I guess for me, it's like I just always assumed that he knew I took it immediately that. He was going. He knew he had to kill two of these people, and he wanted to kill them anyway. <laughs> I mean, they were on his list before they had gone into hiding. Don't we find out later, though, in the next book, that Snape says he didn't know that he was going to kill them at all? No, I, I, I don't. I think Snape didn't know that he was going to choose them. I don't think Snape knew who exactly was going to be. So I don't think all. Snape. I don't think Snape knew that he would that he was going to. I think it was more like a warning. Yeah, I don't think Snape was going to be a, a potential threat to him. When Snape shared that information with Voldemort, which I mean, of course, we'll get there in the next book. But at this point, I think it's okay to make that assumption. What you're saying, reels, but I think mm-hmm. we find out later that he didn't know that Voldemort was going to kill anyone. Which I don't understand. No, it's a little bit no, like- no. It's a little Sorry, bit like Regulus, you know, like, why, would, why wouldn't you think he was going to kill these people once you gave them this information? Right. He's right. kind of, what would you think he was doing? Like, he, he had, but, right. it's, it's, but I, well, let's not get too hung up on it, but I right. feel like I remember when, when Snape finally shares the memories with Harry and he goes over, when Harry learns what happened, Snape did not think Voldemort was going to actually kill someone. No, 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 no. I think that is, um. Because remember that there is a moment where Dumbledore asks Snape, didn't you tell him to spare her? And he says, you can get other people. So there is that conversation he had asked to spare her. Yes, but I'm saying that initially when he told, I don't think that he thought it meant death. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. uh, Okay. I just assume, but anyway, let's not get hung up on this, but I think this moment is such a revealing moment, I would say, between the two of them. Because... Between this, the two of who? Harry Dumbledore and Dumbledore. Harry. Yeah. Because this is, their, in essence, their last conversation, really. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it's their last talk, and it's one of those... And, and it's like, you know, it's like when you tell... When a parent... Tell, when a kid tells a parent, I hate you... <laughs> And then storms off. And in those movies, the mother goes to cross the street and then she's knocked down. You know what I mean? Those kind of like yeah. over dramatic. And this is that moment. And yeah. 
it is one of those moments where as she's writing, like I said, you know, you you identify with the rage he's feeling, Harry's feeling, and Dumbledore is being infuriated at this moment. You know what I mean? Like he's being very much an adult. He's doing the adult thing. Well, he Kid, is. But Dumbledore, he just we're going to learn that nobody knew of his deal with Snape. No one. So this whole time throughout the entire series, up until the very, very end, we see all these things that makes Severus Snape look like he's out to get Harry. We see but this it. Is, but this is Severus over. Snape. Right. But I'm just saying, so it's difficult for Dumbledore to just be like, but you got to trust me. You got to well, trust me. But this is it. Dumbledore is in, he is bound to plenty, several people's word, right? And for Dumbledore, his word is very serious. We would know that, that Dumbledore had no issue in revealing the extent of the situation because he's very careful in what he's saying. He's very measured here. Which sure. is the thing he said, I believe this is his greatest regret ever in his life mm-hmm. because. Remember, Snape explicitly says to Walt Dumbledore, never tell. Right. 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 So we don't know that yet. So that's what I'm saying. At this point, we don't know any of that. So he still just looks like this horrible, awful person. And we're all questioning, like, what are you doing? Who at this point, if you had never read the end, you're still going, is this a good guy or a bad guy? Whose team is he really on? Who is he working for? Because Harry's right. Isn't Snape a great Aquamans? You know, I mean, it right. could have up I until think, the uh, very end, it could have went either way. It I really could have. Especially up until the right up where we are in this book. Um, we have been given one piece of information after another to make us the same way Harry does doubt Snape. Yeah. And even even the whole issue with the Aquamans is another piece of, of of information to make us doubt the Snape's trustworthiness. So I think at this juncture, it makes sense. The only thing that holds Harry back is, you know, he doesn't he, um, doesn't change his mind when he says when Dumbledore says, "I have given you my opinion on these things," and it's basically like that's it. We're not going to talk about this anymore. Yeah, we're just not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But Harry clearly doesn't change his mind either. No, he doesn't. But, but they just doesn't. decide to have that impasse and move on. So you when know, he when before Harry when Harry goes back to his room to get his invisibility cloak, he immediately starts giving Ron and Hermione stuff to do to try to stay safe. Yeah. And even though um, Dumbledore has told him all of this stuff, and you know he 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 knows Malfoy has whatever Malfoy is doing, he has had some success. He knows that something's about to go down, and they're about to leave the building. So he gives uh, Hermione and Ron and tells, you know, tell them, bring Jenny in on it, too. So he's trying get to the whole DA. get the whole DA together. Yeah, he's get, trying get, to get keep his, get, protect his people yeah. because he still hasn't, even with all the things that Dumbledore has said to him, he still thinks something awful is going to happen. Yep. He says, drink the Felix Felicis, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, gather the troops and be ready. 
And he's right. And he's I mean, ready. He was right. He you was know, right. We keep that's a pattern in this book of of Harry's instinct actually being right this time. Exactly. But because it's been wrong so many other times, people aren't taking it. But do you, do you know the crazy thing here is that Harry got into the room, and he didn't realize that. Right. He didn't realize that he figured out how to get into the room. Right. Because it's the same room that he knows that he saw the bottles. He knows that she's in there hiding something. He was in right. that room to hide something. And mm -hmm. that same room that she was in, she's hearing Malfoy well, in he was, that room. He was too focused on what is Malfoy doing as opposed to I need to hide something to get the room to open. Right. Right. But, but it's so odd that he was so obsessed in getting into the room earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. He was trying well, to figure. He it. thought he was going to see whatever it was that Malfoy was working on. Right. But he thought he was just going to see it as in the room, as in just a room that Malfoy is working in. Yeah. 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 But he doesn't. He is not connecting the dots. No, right? not at all. But <laughs> even when he, even even though he doesn't realize it at that moment, when um, he realizes, you know, that Trelawney got in there and got pushed out because she was trying to hide something, he didn't have time. He was on his else. way. He something was on else, his way. Bigger. Yeah, he's he's on his way to go meet Dumbledore to search for the Horcrux. So I'm sure at that moment, okay, what's what's the bigger deal here? Go try to destroy a piece of Voldemort, or what is Malfoy? Well, no. Well, well, Trelawney tells him about Snape, <laughs> and then well, that, that too, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that just, too, and then those that are the, just knocks everything, everything is, out, and then he it, goes. It knocks and, everything out, and yeah. she tells him about Snape. That knocks out the Malfoy concern, and then when he hears about the possible Horcrux, he forgets about Snape and right. focuses on that. So right. you know, and plus he's he, brooding with he's in a love hate relationship with Dumbledore right about now, <laughs> right? <laughs> Because he just, so, he, you know, he, he he trusts Dumbledore, but he feels like you're just not seeing this right. Right. And yeah. so when they when they head out, and they um they go they apparate and they go to the to the cave to the water. I guess it's this cave. It's like underwater a lake or. No no no! You have to swim to the to the cave. You're not swimming under. It's almost like wherever you get to. They 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 come to a cliff. At least they my come to a cliff, right? And, and then, then they, they have, have to, to swim have to, out to, to a headland to get to the cave, like and a little the, island, right? No, the cave. The, there's an island in the cave, right? Yeah, they got to get to it. No, no, no the, the the cave isn't an island. I understand that. I'm saying to oh. get to where the Horcruxes is the Horcruxes is placed on this little island, and they oh. have to get there. Yeah. Oh no no no! Oh, I thought Deb was talking about the outside cave. Oh, when no, you said no. underwater lake, Deb, you mean the lake in the cave? In the cave. Okay, 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 okay. I thought you meant that they had to swim underwater to get to the cave. Oh no, 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 okay. no, no. They're going through. They're going through the. Um, they're at the cliff, and um, they get to the edge of the rock, and they get to the boulder, and I think they, um, they, they he said he slid from the boulder, landed in the sea, and began to swim. Right. With a perfect breaststroke toward the dark slit in the rock face, his lit wand held in his teeth. Um, the water was icy. Harry's waterlogged clothes billowed around him and weighed him down, taking deep breaths that filled his nostrils with the tang of salt and seaweed. He, he struck out for the shimmering, sh shrinking light, now moving deeper into the cliff. 
And there's so many um, tests they have to get through in order to, you know, actually get to where they need to be. Um, and when Harry says to him, how can you tell that this is the place? And he tell, Dumbledore tells him this place is known magic. So it leaves behind a residue that, you know, him being a powerful magician, he can recognize. And he's already sculpted the place, too. Yeah, yeah, clearly this is where Dumbledore's been going, right? Right. right. When he, right. he 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 got Dollish. Dollish was trying to get in his business. Yeah, he's taking I feel bad for Dollish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you feel bad for him, whatever. I mean, Dollish, every everyone keep this is like <laughs> the third time Dollish is being hexed, you know that, right? You get hexed in book five, book six, and book seven. Uh, that's the price you pay people. for being a double agent. That's like right. Two old people. No, Dollish isn't a double agent. He's just a bad agent. He's just a bad aura. <laughs> he's, not good, like, he's not good at being detected. He, he, he's trying to be like, and Dumbledore has said to him, Boo, I taught you how to do this, okay? You're mm -hmm. not going to get me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And plus, Neville's grandmother got him in the hospital by the end of book seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> This part I loved. I loved this part. I did like this a lot, and I think <laughs> it's so. It's so interesting. Their relationship goes. Um, it seesaws. You know, like who who is what? Um, who is the stronger one? Who is the one? Who's the guider? Who's the one guiding? Who's the one who is um, helping the other one? It just really is so interesting. The interplay between the two of them in this whole scene in the cage. Well, yeah. and it establishes a level of trust between the two of them that we've not seen before. Well, not yeah. trust. Not only trust, but care. Right. Harry, despite him being angry at Vol Dumbledore, like extremely pissed off at him. Right. Yeah. He doesn't he want anything to happen, happen to him. He deeply cares for Dumbledore. He's like, no, let me drink the potion. Oh, no, don't do that, sir. I can cut. You can cut me first. Right. And, you know, and then that famous part that you say, you know, like, I'm with you, Harry. You know, I'm good. But what I was fascinated with is the magic that's happening here. Because it's magic we've never seen before, right? right. It's magic we've seen in TV, like, you know, like in other shows. But Dumbledore is doing, like, hijinks, complicated spells and, you know, detecting mm -hmm. and mumbling. And I'm like, Harry, take notes, please. Somebody <laughs> take notes for me here. Like, the geek in me is like, I need anyway. Dumbledore, could you stop mumbling? This is like the Ministry of Magic shit, right? Like, you're not seeing what you're doing. We can see what you're doing, but when we don't know what you're doing, teach you know me. what I mean? Teach me. But, and I think, but I also love the fact that you know he, and Dumbledore is so true to form when he says, um, "Magic always leaves traces, uh, sometimes very distinctive traces." I taught Tom Riddle. I know his style. I was yes. like, "Oh my goodness!" I love that line. Yes. Like but I know him. Uh, this is the, this is the funny thing. It goes back with the relationship, the, the this connection between the two of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, Voldemort clearly thinks that in every room he's in, he's the most clever. Yeah, that, that was the smartest <laughs> in the room. He's the smartest yeah. in the room. He's the that smartest he, in the room, and he can do things undetectable, right? That he is told he doesn't know how we keep, you know, and he's curious, he's fascinated. Or even if someone does get in here, I want to see. I want to test them. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do that. 
let me see what's going to happen here and push them, whatever the case may be. But it's very, I think Dumbledore said in many ways, he's so crude. You know what I mean? Because oh, some, cut yourself, offer blood. Right. Yeah, but so many of these things have so many holes in it, right? Like, because it's like they got out. They got out of the cave. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Dumbledore knew he could have never done it alone. Right. But Dumbledore got in as he got out, right? That, you know, that it is possible. But I think it was possible, it took a lot of effort, and it also weakened him right. um, substantially in order to do, to do it. And, but I think what was so interesting to me, it really showed a lot about Tom Riddle in this, in that because he is so fascinated with himself mm-hmm. and with what he is able to do, he can't fathom. This is why he gets he it takes he takes him so long to realize that how many horcruxes have been dis, been destroyed. He yeah. is so fascinated. He really does believe he's all that. He's like no way in hell does anybody else. Nobody is as smart as I am. Know how to do this? Yes. Right. So I mean he 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 well, doesn't also, want to be in a fight with Dumbledore, but he also figures that he can outthink Dumbledore. But right. he also did a lot of this on his own. So yeah. he also thinks that he has that on his side right. that no one's going to figure this out. Cause I didn't really tell anybody, you know, we find out later that when this piece of the Horcrux was put in place, he had a house elf tested out and we know how right. everybody in the magical community views house elves. So, I mean, he always thought well, like, he, no one's going to, no one's going to figure this out because I haven't shared it. And right. even though I asked some questions, they're not going to know that's what I was after, you know, and I'm smarter than you. So, no, you're not you're not going to figure this out. But again, it's Dumbledore. Well, 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 remember, he intended that the house elf would not get out. Right. That's what he thought. Well, of course he did. Because he thought that was just collateral damage. That right. that, that was not going to happen. This is what I was talking about. Like, you know, that Dumbledore was able to get in and get back out the same way, even though he is weakened and whatever the case may be. That it is part. That is. The, yeah, that, but Dumbledore doesn't go as far as Creature had to go, which we find out. Creature actually drank that potion. He Dumbledore was, does too. Dumbledore drinks the potion. Yes, but Creature gets out on his own. Dumbledore would no. Not Creature doesn't get out on his own per, per se. Creature gets out because of another wizard. He had to go back. Right. The, the 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 demand for him to return home is what made him get there. He didn't right. have any help as far as we know. Dumbledore right. needed Harry's help to get him out of there. If but, Dum- which is why Dumbledore took him to begin with. He had done all of... I, I assume that he had already visited the cave. He probably already went through the boat... No, he didn't. Island. he didn't. You don't think he ever went? No, and he I didn't. He... I don't think he ever went. In. I just think he knew where the cave was, and that's it. Maybe. Right, because I mean, was, we don't really was, know. When he was we do know that. It, when he was begin- examining, examining it, it. Right. And he's he saying, didn't know the oh, this was. is this is the way we go in. He didn't. He hadn't already done that. No, he didn't. Because he would have he would have cut himself earlier on. Because remember, he was oh, remember right. every just, step. I think we have to give blood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So remember had, every that's step. What he said so he had so just true. found the location. Right. But, right. but my point is, even if he would have cut himself, traveled in the boat to the place where the Horcrux was, saw that potion, he wouldn't have drank it by himself. 
I don't think he would. He was too smart for that. He could have cut himself, entered the cave, got in the boat, went to the place where the Horcrux was, saw that liquid, and then left. He could have done that easily on his own, but he knew that he needed hair he would have needed somebody on somewhere along this because again he knows tom riddle right and if he would have gone that far alone he wouldn't have been able to leave whereas creature did that's what i'm saying creature Dumble or voldemort used creature as like a test pilot and he made him drink that stuff or uh, remember, remember when Dumbledore, when Voldemort leaves Creature, Creature is drinking from the lake and is about to be pulled in under the Inferi. Right. All of that happens. He gets back because he has magic that wizards don't have. He gets back because he was told to come back. Right. By but nobody master. else would have been able to do that. Dumbledore wouldn't have been able to do that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no, Dumbledore. I don't think, I think there is an anti, I think there might be an anti-apparition jinx on the place. But I think if he's attached to creature, he would have been able to get back out. But I think Regulus, in the case of Regulus, so we're getting a little bit to him, Regulus is choosing to sacrifice himself. I think yeah. that is a choice Regulus makes. I, I agree. Right. And I think one of the things that I thought was so interesting was that he tells Harry that what, um, what uh, Voldemort did was in terms of being able to tell, you know, the, the enchantment that he put on it was for about the magic. Magical it weight, yeah. Yes, it wasn't about whether it's one person or so two. It's not people, three people to ride. It was really about the magical weight. And that Harry is still under age. Yep. Harry's still under age, so he didn't have to worry. Dumbledore knew that he wouldn't count because he would not, that would not be a piece of magic. Uh, magical age that the that uh, the spell would have picked up. Right. It it wouldn't. It, so I read it as the magical weight. If there were two full grown wizards in there, right, the boat right. would have sunk or would have disturbed the inferi. Yeah, because for sure. every we we have never seen in all of the inns we've been in this cave three times basically. I think, um, no, four times. We went in there with Harry this time. We went in there with Creature. We know Creature went in there. We know um, Regulus and Creature went in there. And we know Voldemort went back in there. Right? Mm-hmm. Four right. to five times. It's always right. been one fully grown wizard. Right. It's never been two. So it's it's the magical weight. Because remember when Voldemort go and check on the Horcruxes, he says, this is a task for me alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. This is something he has to do on his own. Mm-hmm. So I do think that... I, I think... Um, which we'll probably get into. I don't think he ever tell like um I think Dumbledore is correct. I don't think um Bellatrix and well clearly not what's his name, Lucius knew that oh, they no. had a whole crux. I think they just knew they had a pressure something in their hand. Right, but right. They, no, it was actually a whole crux, and they were no, told to no, guard no. this with their they, life. No, they have no idea. I mean, he's not trusting. You know, he he doesn't trust them with that kind of knowledge, and he doesn't trust anybody with that kind of knowledge. So he definitely wouldn't have trusted them. And you know, especially after you know, you know, he figured Lu- everything he's trusted Lucius with, he's bungled. <laughs> at this point, right? Right. So, uh, no, they wouldn't have known anything about this. Now, the whole idea, I mean, that whole scene with Dumbledore having to drink the potion 
and you know what it does to him internally and psychologically is such a, a wrenching scene for Harry to have to watch and he has promised that he is going to make him do it you know before they even left you're going to have to follow my instructions to the letter yeah um, and he's got to just you know let him do this um and it's just hard he's got to watch him just be tortured um as he drinks then, but as you know but, but Dumbledore is already because Dumbledore has already experienced the power of a Horcrux right and and this, right. The, because we have already seen the situation with the first one with the diary he almost lost his hand with the ring so he expects that there is going to be this situation where somebody has to willingly you have to force someone to do something again the destruction of it what i love about this is just another piece of laying everything down and it coming back into play later like it sounds like just crazy talk you know what dumbledore's saying and then we find out later what he was saying mm-hmm. and it's just like damn she's good at that you know it just right. you don't know what it is we have no we have no idea what dumbledore is talking about when he's drinking that potion zero that's true right. i would say that but for me i always you know you said something earlier janina when you said you know like you still think snape is a double agent and just in those moments i'm just like i think i mentioned this earlier she's being too heavy-handed and in this situation I was really fascinated with this because in the very first book, Harry always suspected that Dumbledore is lying about something in his past. Yeah. With the mirror of error said. The mirror, right from the mirror. And I thought it was a very odd thing for her to mention, for that to be mentioned with a, such yeah. a young child, with such an old wise man. Right. For me, this was a shocking scene because this but is Dumbledore. At the, the mirror, that, that didn't bother me, though, that Dumbledore lied because Harry was so young at that moment. Right. And it was easy for him to just, what What did he say? A new pair of socks or something? Yeah. Or something like you know, that. I mean, it was, it was believable that he wouldn't, because we know that this mirror is power. We know it's powerful. It, it was believable that Dumbledore would not reveal himself in that way to Harry in this moment. So even though we know he's lying, of course, that's not. You know but, what he but sees he, in the he mirror. May not have been lying. It, but it if, may have been more. I mean, the the, the to see a, a pair of, of of woolen socks or what. It may have been normalcy. You know, it may have been or, family before the tragedy. That that's what that represents. Oh, the socks is a part of the, the socks is only a part of the picture, right? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the picture, picture. and that, that may have represented some Christmas or some some right. time every Christmas. Every Christmas. Christmas. I, I think we're meant to story. right. I think we're There's meant to know that he's leaving something out. Exactly. That's right. a of what he saw, but I didn't find that far fetched that he wouldn't reveal that to Harry at all. No, oh. For, for me, I was like, I just thought it was a strange. Not that I did. You're right. I didn't. It's not unusual for adults to lie to children in such an instant. But what was unusual, I I could have just assumed that Dumbledore was lying by just Dumbledore's response. What was odd to me was that the reference that they're saying that Harry knew he was lying. Well, what that child his... would believe that if you're looking but, in the mirror? Well, I mean, I don't know. Something. I mean, I don't know if that. I mean, you're right about that could be one thing. But just for me, I'm just saying for me, I thought that was rather odd thing to just interject into the conversation. 
Because most children would expect adults to lie to them. Well, we know now but that nothing know. is right by accident. And this scene, this scene was really, really, I wouldn't say traumatizing, they're not in that big, but it was very shocking to me that the great and powerful Dumbledore oh, yeah, had we his see knee oh, yeah. for his life and child. Oh, yeah, it's tough. It's telling it's... someone. And I'm like, who and what? Is Dumbledore begging for Dumbledore right. is not a beggar? You know what I mean? Right, right, I was right. fascinated with that, but I just assumed you know. But you know what? On my first read of this book, when I saw that, I never considered that he was seeing something of his own mind. I always thought that the potion would just make you see terrible things. I, I, that's how I took it. I never imagined that he was like reliving a tough moment of his life in some aspect. I never thought that. Did you guys? No, I didn't. And the first, the first couple of reading, the very first couple of readings before the seventh book came out, I was just like, yeah, but as I read it more, because let me tell you something. So the last part of this book, I didn't believe it happened. <laughs> when I that think that I you thought he what? was going to what, that no, he died? I thought that there was something, that there was something we missed, that there was a clue, there was an Easter egg in there somehow. Something had, something had gone, we, we had to refix something, you know, something had to be rearranged. I didn't believe Dumbledore was actually dead until she said he's dead, until J.K. Rowling said in an interview, um, oh, that he was really dead. Years later, before the seventh book came out, that she said, Oh, she no, had to. Right. Uh, I don't know if I heard it or whenever she said it, but she said she had to get rid of all these people. Harry had to be alone. And I was just like, wait a minute, let me go back. And as I read it, and then I reread the whole thing, and then I because typically when I read the books, I read them all at the same time. I go from the beginning to the end. To six, I'll go back from six, go backwards, or whatever the case oh may be. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how you, you think I have like this thing. But so so for me, I think on one of the reading a couple of times, I thought this was very odd because I had the mayor Arisad in my mind. And that since she's saying that she got rid of him, in many ways we have been set up to believe that Dumbledore was infallible, right? That he was yeah. he was this great and powerful Merlin. That he could do no wrong. The turn that she took in book seven. It was just like whoa wait a minute girl. No 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 no. Yeah. It's just not what I expected. Because this is why I mentioned when I was talking earlier today. I said you know. Um, in the podcast I mean. I mentioned his humanity. Mm-hmm. In many ways we. In, because when you really look at the moment. That we always think Dumbledore's big and powerful. And that he's magic and he's working. Because when we see him doing magic. It's never really. In many instances particularly in the fifth the sixth book, we've seen big magic, magic we've never, yeah, stuff seen, we've before, never seen before, seen before right, in any right. capacity or anything. I mean, Dumbledore is like reading runes. He's just like pulling shit out of air. I mean, just like that whole cave opening, the way in which he's just like, what I was thought was so fascinating was how he's deducing and ticking off the box. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't transfigure it, you can't take it out, you can't change it, you can't. And we never it. hear him say a word. We he's never hear him say a word, right? And mumbling, and he's like, okay, I think this is it. Right. He's always yeah. doing something spectacular that we've not seen before. And it reinforces 
the powerfulness of Dumbledore. Right. Uh, and, I I never took. I don't say power in my mind. I'm just a smart intellect. <laughs> well, and then and well, then just we want, me, right? I, think, I think they're hand in hand in this. They're case. hand in we, hand. We, we, see that, that. we see that strength, and we see that that smart, and then we see him brought to his knees. Right. By yeah. and deliberately, potion. deliberately choosing. To, to drink this potion in service of finding this Horcrux. And he's brought to his knees, and Harry has to then take over. That is the passing of the torch at that moment. Yeah. At that moment, it at sure that is. Moment, that's the passing of the torch. And mm-hmm. when he says, you know, we're nearly there, I can apparate us both back, don't worry. I'm not worried, Harry, said Dumbledore. His voice a little stronger, despite freezing oh. water. I am with you. I love that. And Paul That's Harry like, doesn't. Harry's not getting it. No, he doesn't get it yet. He doesn't get anything. He, he doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it. Doesn't get any of it. And I feel for. But exactly. But you right. see, this is the thing about Harry at this point, and and with all of the people so far, right? They keep believing that, you know, that Dumbledore is that you know I am with Dumbledore. Oh, and they think he's. I am okay. Right, yeah. but you know, but I mean, they, but but there is a comfort. There yeah, is a comfort this because Harry is just like, like you know, go back to the school, and Madame Rusmut is going. Um, Madame Pomfrey is going to fix this. That's right. Yeah. It won't be yeah. cool. You know, nobody believes that Dumbledore is human. But it, uh, uh, no, not even human. But that's it. That that that's just it. It's it's really that. It's and, not a matter about human. It's that he's. They, they almost get, think he's immortal. Immortal. Well, yes. When they get there, he knows he's hurt though. And he, when he, when he get back, they get back to Hogsmeade, and he, he's talking to Madame Ross Murder. I've got to get him back up to the school and get help. And said, "You can't go up there. Do you realize what's happened?" And that's when they realize that the dark mark has been has appeared over the school. This pissed me off so much. What do you mean they can't go up there? What are they going to do? Send up there and watch? The, I know. Mean? I mean, like, I know. I, I, that's where I everybody got to be. I guess she figures, well, he's hurt, and you're just a kid, so you can't go up there. But he's he's like he's determined well, that Dumbledore Dumbledore gets some second wind from somewhere. Says, no, no, we got to get back to the castle. Oh, because remember, she doesn't know that Harry was with him. She didn't right. know that. No, she no one saw that. them leave. Nobody no. saw them leave. No, no one saw them. They just saw him. Right. They just knew that Dumbledore yeah, left. See the them together. Right. And that's mm-hmm. why I think she's saying nobody go don't go back up to the school. But who that whole cave episode I have to say it's really um just the the magic alone was really fascinating to me, the whole scenario, whatever. But as I was I think so, you know, with the part I did wonder about what was happening with Dumbledore. Um particularly when I started the seventh book and Creature was telling his story, I was like, Oh, okay, this is gonna be what's really the tea here, you know what I mean? Just like we got, we got some questions. I have some questions. Um, the answer that I got, well, not the answer that I wanted, was that <laughs> was not at all. But we're back at the school. Oh, another take, bit of magic. They take the broom. They take the brooms the broom. back up to the school. And when they're going across the school threshold, Dumbledore is muttering incantation magic. I'm just like Dumbledore. I need to be in your class. I need notes. <laughs> I need notes. Like what is happening here? These things are all fascinating to me. And and JK is just like, no, not interested in that. Protego, boo. Protego. 
Well, I think that's kind of the the mystique of Dumbledore, though. That's why we don't ever get to truly know. But it's also the limitation of the characters and when they're fighting. That becomes the problem. (laughs) It becomes... It becomes that that she that that she hasn't figured out a way to um, make the power because when you look at um, comic book like superheroes whatever the case may be characters have a, a specific power skill set set of skills mm-hmm. and it's associated with them and we can clearly know that in a fight X person will do X thing and is capable of doing X thing. And if X can do something different, there's a transformation period and there's a transformation something and whatever the case may be. In this world, we don't have any of this. We're not entirely sure. She reserves certain kinds of abilities and power for certain characters, which are powerful. Yeah, we get that. A Dumbledore can do this. It's not, it's not surprising. It's exciting to us. But it doesn't clarify anything else as to how power and magic works within this world. Because no, because when, when we see life and death situation, people out here doing stupidify and protego and um, uh, impedimenta, it's just like, girl, that's kind of silly at this point. This is things that I could do with little kids. Like, this is the kind of joke I would play on another kid. You understand what I'm saying? But in a real life, there's a situation. It's like me throwing um, a paper plane at someone <laughs> in a real fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, it's not, not necessarily real hard. Pieces we see that it works. I mean, it's. I I really think that we don't get to learn about who is the the power of Dumbledore. I I think that we don't get to learn about that for a reason to keep him mysterious in some way, and I'm okay with that. But but he but but this is just it though. He we we have all of his secrets. Do we? Yes. Dumbledore even said that to Harry. You know the best of me at this point. We know that. I don't this. think that means the best of his magic. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the magic. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just worried. I just... But let's not get bogged down in that. Um, we could, <laughs> that's, that's after I was chat. Okay, fine. Uh, so okay. let's let's move on to the, get um, back okay. to the castle. Right. So this is what, and... this is what I thought... Um, let me just say, this is what I thought was why I thought that at the end of the book, this book wasn't real. That you know that there would be a reveal and it would rearrange the thing that is actually happening. It's because Harry doesn't do what Dumbledore's last instructions were to go get Snape. Oh, <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Yeah, we I, find right. out at the end, we find out how he gets there. I, know, was just like, I didn't want to believe it either. I remember. But, but, but remember now, remember, bef- Harry, um, he sw- you swore to obey me, Harry, go. Harry hurried over to the door leading to the spiral staircase, but his hand had only just closed upon the iron ring of the door when he heard running footsteps on the other side. He looked around at Dumbledore, who gestured him to retreat, and Harry backed away, drawing his wand as he did so. And then further down, it says Harry's body became instantly rigid and immobile. And he felt himself fall back against the tower wall, propped like an unsteady statue, unable to move or speak. He could not understand how it had happened. Expelliarmus was not a freezing charm. Then by the light of the mark, he saw Dumbledore's wand flying in an arc over the ramparts and understood. Dumbledore had wordlessly immobilized Harry, and the second he had taken to perform the spell had cost him the chance to defend himself. 
That's some bullshit so, right there. I just so want to say though, that. Even I though he, he told Harry to to go and get Snape, but once Harry, you know, once Harry started to go, they realized that the, that they were already invaded and that Harry, if he went down those stairs, he was going to be caught by whoever was running up the stairs. He was going to bump into right. But when right. I say some bullshit, I talked about the fact that Dumbledore is only capable of one spell. Um, Dumbledore, I saw you cut a fiery right. snake in right. half, bring water up, boo. Don't tell me you can't do more than impedimenta. But the other thing, and I would grant, I know what Janina's going to say, Deb, hold on, this is what you're going to say. It's Dumbledore. Dumbledore put some other, something more powerful than impedimenta. But here's my point. No, I, I think it was actually in this case, I think it is what it is. I think but, that he didn't he didn't know when that door was going to open and his first concern was Harry, so he stuns him so that he can't continue to move and then it just all happened too fast. That's what I think happened. I, I'm I'm just thinking, you know. And he is knows. weak. I mean, he, he yes, he's I know he's weak. One thing, but he's in a very weakened state and we don't know to what, what extent the, you know the other the other um you know the 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 curse that has blackened his hand, how it has in, interacted with the with what he has right. just been I toward. actually just thought of that too, actually, Deb. I wondered if by drinking the potion, if it released the curse that was trapped. I think in it his did. Head. I think it uh, did. But my other I mean, thing was that you find out later that Dumbledore knew that curse was going to kill him. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. yeah. It's a magical cancer. I we don't know that. We don't know that yet. We keep yeah. forgetting that we don't yeah. know that. Right. But we read ahead, people. But my other <laughs> thing was that um, what I was going to say is that my only question with this whole thing, I'm going to give everyone credit for, you know, whatever, you know. Um, you know, Dumbledore is only capable of doing one spell at this time. It's whether it's, it's why that the spell is broken when Dumbledore is disarmed. It's not broken when he's disarmed. You said it is why supposed is it to broken? be because, why? yeah, because the wand, the holder no longer has the wand. I don't think that I never considered no, that. I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think, think that matters. Because here's the thing here's the thing somebody would have to undo it. But, I, but, I don't here's think the, but, but here's the thing: it is it's it's only undone upon Dumbledore's death, death, right? Right. But the problem with that is that Dumbledore has been disarmed; he cannot unfreeze Harry. That someone so else would want want Harry, this to someone. To no, me, I, and therefore, Harry is supposed to be immobile. Is supposed to be mobile as soon as Dumbledore has been disarmed. No. Yeah. Well, it says as they vanished through the door, Harry realized he could move again. Right. Was what was now holding him paralyzed against the wall was not magic, but horror and shock. And but that, that was after he was dead. That was after Dumbledore's death. Goes over. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just because Dumbledore wasn't holding his wand after he cast a spell means that the spell that was cast is undone. I don't. I don't think that at all. But I mean, no. clearly that's not the way it works because Harry still couldn't move because he's. We hear in Harry's head as people are coming in, he's trying, and he can't do anything. He's still immobile. I but know it's not all of that. But it's not until after thinking. he dies. I, I, I just don't understand why you think that just because he was disarmed, the spell would evaporate. Because it, no one because, actually undid it. Because remember in the spell, because remember, um, none of all the most spells can work with the Elder Wand. 
because the wand is not his. Right. But it was already cast. None of this. Was, his wand was taken. But Dumbledore cast the spell on Harry, then Draco unarmed Dumbledore. That doesn't undo what he did. But I mean, the, clearly it doesn't. I mean, well, I just think this is a bit of wonky here. It's wonky here. Because Dumbledore is no longer the person who cast this spell, right? It is a temporary spell anyway, right? It's not something like you cut a gash in someone when the person disarmed, the gash no longer exists, right? This is a temporary, almost like I put a control over you, right? I pass this, like, you know what I'm saying? Almost like imperious curse, right? I can control you. But when you have been disarmed, right? That connection that I have, because Remember, it's I am controlling you in some way. It no longer exists. But, again, this is magical theory. The book doesn't say that. I'm just thinking it's kind of an odd situation. But well, remember, from the very odd. beginning, when Hermione um, uh, puts the, 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 um, the, the charm on Neville, it doesn't go away when they leave. It keeps him frozen. No, but, but remember, so she's... But remember, she cast a spell and she has her wand. Right. She's not disarmed. I think but you're I putting think too much power in the wand. And well, no, but I don't think that being disarmed is the issue. Well, we don't know how long he stays there. Actually, we don't know if he, because in, we know the impediment to Jinx is is only temp. It's a temporary thing. And I imagine the free that most of the charms are very temporary, and this is a freezing charm. But think of how long Harry was frozen in the train in the beginning of this book when Malfoy right. um, stuns him. He doesn't get unstunned until Malfoy leaves. He goes to school. He's far away. And Harry's still there frozen. And then Tonks comes and unfreezes him. He wasn't right. there for too long. He wasn't there for long. He was it, there long enough. No, he was the long train enough didn't... for the train to empty. Right, that think, was just it. I think, but I think we we were if we stick on this part, we're missing the point. Was that right. Right. Dumbledore wanted Harry out of the way? Right. Yeah. That much I know. That much I know. He but wanted I just... him out of the way for, and he and it was like this was their worst case scenario. Yep. He, he, he and, was protecting and, him. He right, but he and Snape. This was their worst case scenario. Right. This wasn't how it was supposed to go down. Right, but they, but I think they had every eventuality kind of mapped out. But this one is the worst one that they would have, because I don't think they envisioned that Malfoy would have allowed all these people, gotten these people into the castle. Well, not only that, too, the, the final competition between Snape and, 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 and Dumbledore was not supposed to be this way either. No, it wasn't. No. No, and that's why he. That's why Severus, please, is such an important. So let's uh, well, let's, let's yeah. dive into that because, mm -hmm. oh my God, I okay. So, quick recap, right? They, Harry is going to get Snape. He hears the footsteps. Dumbledore stuns him. He's under the invisibility cloak, and Draco comes in and he disarms Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. They have their little chat about what's been going on. Dumbledore finds out how he got Death Eaters into the school. Um, what did you think about that? Like he says, you know, I thought this, this was something that couldn't be done. I don't know if I believed that. I, I, 
I was really unsure about that. The way that I don't, I didn't know if he was just like talking to, of course he was talking to Draco to keep the conversation going in mm-hmm. case Draco might've killed him. But when he didn't do it right away, we kind of know that that's probably not going to happen. But he's like, you know, you did something that I assumed no one would be able to do. But we do find out later that Dumbledore, of course, knew all along that Draco had been, um, you know, advised that he needed to be the one to kill Dumbledore. So I just that part, I mean, it's not a big deal, but I just in that moment when I read it, I thought, yeah, I don't know if I really believe that. Believe Um, what? That he didn't know? He didn't think that the, the Death Eaters would be able to get in. I well, think he did think that. I think he did. I think he I thought. He I mean, that. he did not know. I mean, he had no way of knowing about um, the cabinet. every ca- cabinet, the cabinet that was broken. The cabinet was broken. And yeah, was just, the conversation was so casual, you know. Yeah. And I, was just and like, I think are they just working on it all year. Year. Yeah, and I don't. I think people year. may know where one cabinet was. Right. What one cabinet? What the cabinet did, but again. Because remember, they called the cabinet the vanishing cabinet. Right. And Montague had said he didn't know where he was. Because remember, that's what he, that's what Draco yeah. says, right? I figured out where is it he was. And I have been in the bargain and box. So he knows what the other one is. So that's where he realized. Because what he was trying to do is fix this one at school. Yeah. Right. It's the one at school. So I think that was what Dumbledore knew what Draco was up to. At least that's how I read it. I just think that he didn't think it was possible for Draco to get them into the school because the ways in which they could get into the school, Dumbledore had all of those things covered. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and sense. and remember they were remember even the children were expecting only Draco to come out of the room. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. That right. was the problem. So Dumbledore and Draco are having this conversation about basically how everything went down. Dumbledore offers to save Draco, save his family, and you know, tells him no one will be surprised if you came to kill me and I killed you. We can make it basically look like you're dead and we can save you. I can put you in a safe house, essentially. I can go get your mother. We can take care of this. Right now your father is safe in Azkaban, however safe that is, but you know, he's away. And you know, we can fix this and you can come to the right side, Draco. Be on the right side of this. And he's like, I can't. And he's clearly scared, whatever. And then you just have Harry like watching all of this, unable to do anything. And it's so frustrating because, you know, Harry's like, Oh my god, I'm right. I was fucking right, you know, like <laughs> Nobody would listen to me. And here we are. Draco's threatening to kill Dumbledore. I was right. And then all of these, everybody busts in. First, the Death Eaters and who, I, I don't remember their names. There was, was it the brother and the sister? It was Amicus. Um, it's Amicus, it Electo, Frenry, and, and Greyback and everybody. And what was interesting there, too, so, you know, remember Dumbledore tells Draco, I'm surprised that you let Greyback in here where your friends are. And he's like, I didn't know he was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but earlier in the story, he's all ready to use Greyback for his purpose. Right, right. But he doesn't want him here for this. So I think that's important um, later, you know, 
when we see maybe a little bit better where the Malfoys, I don't want to say where their loyalties lie, but because clearly they're out for themselves. I'm sorry. Nope. No sympathy. I, no, it's not sympathy, but it's just like, you know, where do they stand? I think at the end of the day, they don't stand with anybody other than themselves. They're they're just worried about their own hide. You know, they're not, they're clearly not willing to die for Voldemort. And Draco needs to stop lying because he knew full about Fenrir was going to come. Well. He knew. We don't have that information. I'm sorry. Like, you, 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 you it's one of those things that we, you kind of sign up for this mission. Because if you, because the task was really, the task that he was trying to do is to get these people in, clear the shot, supposedly he killed Dumbledore. He had access to Dumbledore. It's to distract Dumbledore, basically, and get Dumbledore and to kill Dumbledore while he's not looking. I'm assuming that's yeah. what yeah. was the plan, right? Was but I'm just simply saying... Was the that? task at hand, I think that Draco was kind of looking for an easy way out. The task at hand was to kill Dumbledore. That's clear. But he wanted to be able to do that with the necklace or with the wine that Ron drank. You know, he All was the while he's trying to that, fix the cabinet. Yes. Well, the cabinet, to get the the cabinet was about having backup. Yeah. Was I think having, so. was having some more people in the, in the castle to, you know, to, to do, I mean, I, we know that the the mission was probably to kill was to was to invade the Hogwarts and take out Dumbledore with not just with with uh, Draco doing that part of it, but with the others there on the scene as well. But to, to help with any resistance that they might meet. But if Draco would have gotten lucky, and if Dumbledore would have gotten the necklace or drank the wine, then it would have been handled, and he wouldn't have had to go through continuing to try to fix the cabinet that's how i always took it mm -hmm. i never thought that the that was like the last resort was getting that fixed so that people could come in and help and overpower the school but he was really trying to do it in a less messy way in a less destructive way i guess is how you can think of it well less confrontational way yeah and to just get something to Dumbledore that would kill him but that didn't happen so then he had to go to his plan C which was to bring the Death Eaters in I, I, I always read it the plan A was the cabinet and B and C were the necklace and the, and the drink right because, because, I, I think because I, the I cabinet was because the cabinet came first because He's the cabinet been working came on first. the cabinet the for cabinet a long wasn't time. getting fixed it did come right. first but I don't think that's what he wanted the I really, cabinet wasn't getting fixed though, and that's why he resorted to these crude methods. You think because so? These, yeah, yeah, because because everyone knew from the beginning when with the necklace and and the wine, it's just like this was reckless. It was it very was unlikely that these things and, would ever and, get to Dumbledore. But I really think that he was hoping that it would, and that he yeah, because that he's, the other stuff wouldn't happen. But he's been he, working on a way to get those people into the school ooh, since almost since the school started. School started because that's what that's the thing that, he, that, he kept uh, that's what he was doing in Morgan and Burks in the beginning, wanting you know right. you got to fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because sure. because remember this is what Snape tells him, right? Because that's what Snape is trying to find out. Snape tells him you're being reckless. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. he's trying to, and he, but he isn't relaying the actual plan, right? Right. Because I think he, 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 because he said he's not keeping anything from him. So I think he may have relayed this information to Voldemort, and Voldemort says you're going to need backup because destruction, oh. whatever the case may be, whatever. And kidnapped. you know, 
you know what else is interesting about that? Like this entire time, Malfoy is like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. You want the glory for yourself. You don't want to help me. You want to steal my thunder, basically, is is Draco's mindset. Right. But Snape knows from the beginning what it is. And Draco never even considers that Snape might know anyways. I, I think mean, I, I, again I think I think Snape know what the plan is, but Snape don't know what the specific plan is. He, Snape doesn't know about the cabinet. No, he doesn't know about the cabinet, but he knows that it is Draco's task to kill Dumbledore. Oh right. I think Narcissa tell him that already. He knows that. Voldemort right. told him that. Voldemort, right. And and Narcissa already indicated to that's what it is anyway. Because that's, that's why, why she, she that's why she wanted she came, the unbreakable vow. The unbreakable right. vow. Because right. she she knew that he was going to fail. So my point is, Draco never even considered that Snape was in on the plan the whole time. Oh, I think he knows. I'm not, not in on the plan. I think he knows that Snape knows what he's doing. I think he just doesn't think that Snape knows how he's doing it. And he really? imagined that he can get there before Snape because they didn't notify Snape that they like were coming thought, to the castle. I felt like he was trying to pull a, pull a fast one on Snape and didn't want him to know anything. Right. But... I think I think that's what he was trying to do, too. I think he knew that because all everyone seemed to be aware of was that even Dumbledore said, you know, that's a very ingenious plan. All anyone was aware of was that Draco was trying to kill him. That was the plan and that he was perhaps in some ways trying to get Death Eaters in the school. But they didn't imagine how but it could be. Re- but if you remember the scene outside of the Christmas party, Snape says, Draco, tell me what you're doing. I can help you. And he says, I'm not telling you anything. I have to do it. I have to be the one. And you don't want to help. You just want to take the glory for yourself. That's what makes me think that Draco believes that Snape doesn't even know that he's been tasked with killing Dumbledore. No, I think, oh, I read that. I I don't understand that because I think I'm sure that you don't think Narcissa would have told yeah, him? Yeah, because that because he tells Narcissa, I made the unbreakable vow with him. He tells what? Draco that there. Remember, because remember that initially, it's the odd thing, right? I think what happened is that Voldemort calls Draco into his office. He doesn't have an office. <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, little boy, we got to have a talk, right? He tells him what I want you to do. He knows he's not going to do it. So he, Voldemort tells Snape, we just really want to get him killed, but you know what? I, I gotta, you know, his people just, you know, get him out my face. And it's Bellatrix. He likes Bellatrix to a certain extent. He's, I want to kill Dumbledore, and he has to do it. But I know he's gonna fail. Dumbledore's gonna smash him in pieces. You do it. Draco tells his mother. His mother tells Sissy. But they all assuming that the only person knows about the plan is just Draco. Only people that are supposed to know about the plan is Voldemort, Draco, Voldemort, and Draco. Remember what remember what Bellatrix said, right? How dare you speak of this in present company? And that's what really set Snape off. And, and when Snape, Snape tells Snape, her when he, he knew, the, I know, he knew, knew the, plan, the plan was Bellatrix is surprised about this. Right. And she says, right. How do you know? And yeah. you know, and then Sissy is just like, I knew you would knew. So because remember, this is the whole thing, you know, like you're not supposed to talk about this plan. Because right, right. that was the whole that was the whole thing with that's why Sissy, but anyway. Um so I just, that's how I sort of, I, I took it. But you know, again, wonderful thing about this podcast is that I see many different perspectives from you two ladies. And I'm just like, hmm, didn't, see, so, didn't think of it now. So to, to get back to where we were, Snape comes in. Yeah. 
Oh my god, you guys. And I thought this is wrong. Harry is supposed to get Snape. <laughs> Harry, you need to go and get Snape. Snape needs to go back downstairs. <laughs> Harry, you need to go find Snape and bring him back downstairs. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like thinking, oh, this can't be right. This is not how it's supposed to be. Right? Because I know you think Snape is like, I don't know whether Snape is a double agent. I just never thought that. I, I just never thought that. I just always thought that, you know what, Dumbledore is adamant about the situation. We're going to find out what the deal is at some point. But well, I am more inclined to trust Dumbledore's for me, faith in Snape more than sure. anybody else's. But we hear Snape at the very beginning of this book say, you forget Dumbledore's greatest weakness to see the good in everyone. Right. All these little seeds are planted that make you go, I don't know. I don't know. It could go this way. It could go that way. So when Snape is finally in the office or wherever they are in the tower, and, uh, in the tower and doesn't he tell Draco get out of the way? Yeah. As soon as he comes upstairs. And he's, you know. No, he doesn't, no, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. He, he pushes Draco out of the way. He pushes him. Okay. He put, I know. Draco do it or stand aside so one of us. Can't, right, that's right. Before, isn't that before Snape gets there, though? That they say stand aside because they're like right. they come but in they, and like, oh, Dumbledore, wandless and helpless and, and, and alone. They said, <laughs> "Well, here, there stood Snape, his wand clutched in his hand as his black eyes swept the scene. We've got a problem, Snape," said the lumpy Amicus, whose eyes and wand were fixed alike upon Dumbledore. The boy doesn't seem able, but some somebody else had spoken Snape's name quite softly, Severus. The sound frightened Harry beyond anything he had experienced all evening. For the first time, Dumbledore was pleading. Snape said nothing, but walked forward and pushed Malfoy roughly out of the way. The three Death Eaters fell back without a word. Even the werewolf seemed cowed. Snape gazed for a moment at Dumbledore, and there was revulsion and hatred etched in the harsh lines of his face. Severus, please. Oh my God! Snape raised his wand and pointed it directly at Dumbledore, Avada Kedavra. So tell me, <clears throat> when you read this for the very first time, mm-hmm. you mean after I finished weeping? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I two okay. So two things. First of all, I remember thinking, "You motherfucker," because I felt like. Dumbledore was pleading, save me, not kill me. And I'm like, oh my God, he did it. What the fuck, right? You're just, you're stunned. And I'm just like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were the bad guy all this time. And I'm thinking everything that I've been thinking about you right now, this is what rectifies all of that. And then when you know Snape runs away and he goes with the Death Eaters and blah blah blah, I still I'm like, oh you motherfucker. And then just to interject the movie for a moment, this <laughs> was the movie, Janine. I know, but it, it was done so <laughs> poorly because this is such an integral part of the book. I know it is such a big deal. You truly, you don't know you you honestly don't know 
what Severus please means. You don't know if Dumbledore is saying, do it, just kill me or save me. You don't know. There's nothing there to let us know. And then here comes this fucking movie. And in the movie, Dumbledore, you, you, I don't think you question it. I don't think you question it at all. It is not portrayed to go one way or the other to leave movie watchers wondering what truly happened. And then the effect of when you get the memory from Snape in the movies, it's not as big. It's huge for the book reader. It's huge. It's a huge revelation because you just don't know. And for me, when I read it, I was pissed and 120% convinced that Snape was a Death Eater and that Dumbledore had been hoodwinked. That is exactly. I didn't think that. I, I you was, know why I didn't I think. Right First there. of all, I never thought Dumbledore. I never thought after all that we've learned about Dumbledore, I never thought Dumbledore would plead for his life. Dumbledore has said over and over again that you know um, that you know, there there th there worse things than death. I mean, he's just always. Yeah, e even in the beginning of the book with the, the, the Nicholas Flamel. He, he just like you know, to for some people, death is just almost like something he said, some philosophical next adventure thing. or something. Right. You know, he has. I would. So that was the one thing that gave me pause because I knew that Dumbledore was not pleading for his death to be saved. He was not. He was not afraid of dying, and so he was not going to plead for his life but in that manner. Yeah, I didn't read it that way at all. I saw it more as save me. There's still yeah. work to be done. And I need to be here to do it. And then he killed him. Like, I was devastated. Because I totally cried. You know, I fucking I was like he a died, baby. But I never thought for a minute. I was sad that Dumbledore died. I was sad was that for life. I just really, I really, really felt like... This was the moment for Snape to show his allegiance to Dumbledore if Dumbledore was right and that Dumbledore got it wrong. I remember thinking that and I remember um, talking to my sister and I'm like, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? <laughs> I didn't have I, I didn't have anybody else. To, I wasn't reading with anybody else. Like there were no other Harry Potter fans. You should have me. And I'm, <laughs> we don't know each other yet, right? So I'm like, Heidi, are you done? Are you done? You know, like, what do you, you know, ah. <laughs> and oh, I was devastated. And I, I truly believed that Snape was this evil person that totally hoodwinked Dumbledore. And I, I was devastated. I read this book in less than a day for sure. I got it. Oh, God. I slept for sure. I got it after midnight. People were reading in the street on the sidewalk. I was just like, oh, you American kids. Ooh, what's wrong with you? On the sidewalk in New York City. Get up. You're disgusting. And I read it. Um, I know by the afternoon of the Saturday, I was done. And mm -hmm. I know when I read it, I was just like, what? Somebody else dead again? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> The, the Merlin characters don't die. I mean, they go away. Something happens, you know. They they have to continually be lurking. And like I said, I didn't believe that he was actually dead until she said he's dead. And I'm just like, well, she ain't gonna say he's wrong. She she is she writes in the book, right? 
but I didn't, and because the thing that sounded like, tell me why I just cannot buy into the whole thing that Snape is a dead eater, is because the confrontation that happened between Harry and Snape after, Snape is, Snape isn't, Snape could have hurt Harry then, you know what I'm saying? But it is the, it is the rage. Oh, you know, that, I never it, considered that. I never. There is a certain, there ever. is something else that he's upset with Harry. Hey, because he's he's upset most when Harry calls him a coward. Oh, but wait, 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 wait. No, hold on. When Snape kills Dumbledore, he doesn't know Harry's there. No, no he, doesn't. he doesn't. Remember, he meets Harry again outside, downstairs. Yeah, that's right. And he's gonna be. And there is that confrontation between them down there because that's why I I kept saying. Harry didn't follow Dumbledore's instructions with me. He had to go get Snape and they had to go back up to the tower to fix the problem because I just like, she got Dumbledore dropping off over some tower like some, like, you know, like some piece of trash. That can't be Dumbledore. You know what I mean? And (laughs) I didn't, I did, I thought this was wrong. I thought I had to reread the book to figure out I had missed something. It's like, it's so, like me reading The Little Mermaid. When I read The Little Mermaid, Hans Creed, the real one, I'm just like, wait, I missed something. Let me go back over again. <laughs> I, but I, I didn't want... think, I didn't think, I, I just thought that um, I had missed something and that there was a thing that was, because he was too obvious, you know what I mean? Like his loathing and, his loathing and hatred for Dumbledore when he sees him to give the, the, the thing. There is almost like a, and Dumbledore didn't say anything, like Deb said that she went to Deb. I could see what Deb is saying here now. In my, I'm getting. So when Dumbledore says Severus, please, and Severus is about to kill him, Dumbledore doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. So to me, there isn't a plea for life here, as Deb points out. And that confrontation with Harry outside. It's like something else is going on here and we ain't have it. And I know because you remember, remember in book one, right? We were for sure thinking it was Snape. Next it was Quirrell, right? It's Quirrell. We weren't yeah. even paying attention to the stutterer. So I'm just like, home girl be giving us a whole bunch of misdirection constantly. We got Peter Pettigrew. We didn't even know Peter Pettigrew exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, look at um, that silly, that, that man, Body Crouch. Did she just introduce something into the whole element that shifts the whole things that we thought we were seeing clearly are now being, sh- you understand what I'm saying? It's almost like we're standing in one part of the room. We think we're seeing the room clearly, everything in the room. And then we had in, in some part, then she pushes us somewhere else. And then we're just like, wait a minute. I didn't even see all of this. Well, so, in my defense, <laughs> no, it's, it is a good defense. Though. I mean, like what you're yeah, saying is that makes sense. But I'm, I just want, like, I did not read, I didn't read these books in that manner um, when I read them first through. You know, I, I didn't, I did not appreciate that there were so many layers being put down throughout the entire series at all. And it wasn't, I mean, I just wanted to consume it. I just wanted more. I wanted to know where the story was. I, I honestly didn't think about it. I didn't analyze it nothing i just read it to be entertained like you know how i watch movies um but i i really didn't i really didn't thinking um i i did not think that i don't know i didn't i didn't consider that i didn't consider that this was another layer and um 
maybe somebody was putting, you know, maybe she was putting in some doubt there or that this is doubtful because I never considered that. It was too heavy handed for me. I took it for what it was and I was devastated and I was like, oh gosh. But I, I do cried at the want... funeral. I cried. I that was. Tough. I was just like, I think when I got up, I was just like, oh wait a minute. When I see that Harry didn't get Snape, that's when I thought, you know, he's dead and they had to fix. Like he isn't dead, dead. I mean, she said he. It's like, oh really? The funeral is for real, for real, right? <laughs> like this is also. Then the, when I read it again, like and and the, the, it was such a. Oh. Well, you know what, real. So I thought that maybe he wasn't dead until the funeral. I wasn't still hanging on to that at at the end of the book. Maybe like you were like you were expecting something to come up in the beginning of the seventh. If that's if that's what you meant. That's how I right. took it. Um, but I did think maybe he's not dead. Like he no way. Dumbledore's not dead. Dumbledore can't die. And but then at the funeral, I thought, oh, my God, OK, this is real. Because I was thinking, I was just like, God, she's really shitty to this kid. Like, <laughs> I was thinking that, like, you know, they, you know, the funeral and all of that, I was just thinking that something, we had to fix something, the dumb dog could come back, because that's too shitty for Harry. Book three, book four, book five. And now Dumbledore, book six? Uh-uh, girl. You, you, this is too much trauma for one human being. You know, um... Well, I would love to because Deb has been telling us outside of the podcast since we started this project that when she went to one of the Harry Potter conferences. Deb goes to a lot of Harry Potter conferences, just so you know, she has (laughs) been to many. For sure. But this was important, (laughs) that there was much discussion upon it, and I would love to hear about that. Yes. It's, It's basically the same discussion that we're having right now. Um, you know, remember now when when I think when we went to this conference, this book had just come out. And so we were people were exactly the same places where you all described where we've all described ourselves when we read it the first read it through for the first time. We did not know the rest of the story as it goes. So you people were almost in armed camps. You know, yes, <laughs> you know, Severus has betrayed the world and no, this there's some there's something we're missing. We didn't know the double agent, you know. I feel I, I feel for the hater. I feel for y'all. People were still holding on to somehow or another he was um still acting for Dumbledore even as he did the curse. So people were definitely at the same place. And we did this for an hour, and we 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 laughed and said it was just we were really just discussing Severus. Please, what did that mean? Was it Sever? Was it Severus? Severus, please, like please don't do this. Was it Severus? Please do what we pro- we do what we agreed. It was <clears throat> that was what we debated for an hour. So and tell we me. We debated longer than that, but we had we kicked out of the room and we said, <laughs> "Come for another." Did y'all come so, to any kind of consent? Yeah. What? What was? What was the? Where did the I, majority I, lie? I think at this point the majority. You know, at this point the, we were still in the mode 
of, I think I may have said this to you before, that for a long time, you know, there was this ex ex acceptance of Dumbledore as a Merlin-type character. And so um, I think there was a, most people really felt that they were still holding on to Dumbledore was too smart to be hoodwinked by Snape, so there must have been some rationale. And I think that was the lion's share, but there were still significant numbers of people who felt like this is what the real deal was. Snape has proven that he is the, you know, the the piece of crap that we think that, that we won't <laughs> thought he was. So I would say, I'm going to say 60, I'm going to say 70, 30. 70% of people were like, they don't know how it's it's going to be revealed, but somehow or another, we trust Dumbledore. Okay. okay. Since we trust Dumbledore, we have to we have to assume that there's a reason and that Severus please means Severus, please do what we we, we right, agreed okay. on. Well, for Severus, please don't do this. For me, I thought Snape was a fucking dickhead up until the moment I knew for sure he wasn't. And I think I really you know, did. I think it's been very clear that Snape was not a, a Snape was not a nice man. Snape no, not, and most of the time he wasn't even a very good man. But that that there was one thing that he was true to the agreement that he had made with Dumbledore. Yeah. Now you know we don't know that at this point. At this point right. we're you know still up in the air. But um, I think there's no question. And I think she made it very plain that nobody is um, uh, letting Snape off the hook for the things that he did. Yeah. Uh, while he, when he would almost go up to the line of abuse and sometimes cross it um, when, with regards to Harry. Sure. But, um, I do think that um, that Severus please was Severus please do what we, we agreed. And that's where you fell from the beginning? I yeah I was I was in that camp of um, you know I wondered like can this be real can this be true but I think when I, after I finished the book I was still was in the camp of Dumbledore I'm still trusting Dumbledore. See, so, I just kept waiting for the moment that never came, where Dumbledore wasn't as great as we thought. Oh, I, I believe, I think that that point came in book seven. But I think... Not um, the way that I wanted it to. But, I think but, we but had some moments, that, and we'll get the there, thing. but right. I never, I never thought, I, I I was just, I I thought so many times, like, okay, this has to be it. This has to be it. This has to be where Dumbledore gets fooled, or, you know, something. I mean, because who is that good all the time no, no, at wasn't. everything? He, he, Dumbledore took Dumbledore realized that he had made a big mistake, especially with regards to, especially in book five, that Dumbledore had totally mishandled that serious situation. Mm -hmm. And he says he did. You know, I he did. He totally mishandled that. He probably was, you know, he just didn't know. He couldn't get wrap his brain around what was going on in book four. I think he was trying to figure it out. He did not know that he had been hoodwinked by Alistair, by Barty Crouch Jr. No, he didn't. I no. think he suspected something because he, he suspected, said, but he, but he, said he finally knew at the end. But this is right. the thing too, right? Because I think... Why are these things happening? Remember he was in his, he was pacing and wondering, <clears throat> why are these things happening? 
and he didn't know what was what was really going on and he um so i think there were a few times well, when he- when dumbledore shown that oh i didn't get this quite right and now this poor kid is suffering well he indicates something along the line and again it's one of those things where i think barring let's take the weird i'm going to stick stick this strictly within the seventh book right in the sixth book, sorry, not the seventh book, but it's like someone of Dumbledore's, like we just said, the magic that we've seen Dumbledore doing. Right, right. We've never seen this, right, before. Right. Voldemort clearly is not an equal for Dumbledore. Voldemort is on some other different kind of juice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every confrontation we've seen with them, it's clear that they 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 can't even communicate in magical language, right? They, there isn't, there can't even be an intellectual discussion between them. Voldemort just constantly think it is better, uh, different from the whole. He, he's, he, he, um, I think Bellatrix gives an um, almost true indication of this when she spurns and, and Snape has to say, no, you know, even the Dark Lord knows this. He was a great wizard, you know, but the Dark Lord thinks he's better. But I think Dumbledore is the, you know, the turn that the book takes in book seven, I should say, for both Severus and Dumbledore, it's not what I could have imagined. Right? Yeah, we'll that is in book seven. It's not what I can imagine. But so oh. far in this book, so far in the sixth book, we, we don't have nearly enough information about anyone, really. That's true. And, and, that's, well, just, and, and that's just what I think you, you come to realize in the end. That you just didn't have anything. You said because Dumbledore is giving us hint as the reader, right? Dumbledore says to Harry, Forgive me, you know, like I'm really smart, but you know, like it means that my mistakes are larger. Right. And then we come right. to realize that what these mistakes are. His brother tells him, his brother says what these mistakes are. We right. realize what is Snape. Dumbledore says it's here. It is his greatest regret. I believe this is his greatest regret. And we and we would know later on that that conversation is happening just after a conversation Snape and, and Dumbledore has. Right, right. You know, and it's just we we you know for me I know when I was reading and as I reread these books eleven billion times, um, I just realized just how I took it for granted that I knew who Dumbledore was, mm-hmm. and then I didn't know. I just. What I was filling in is is how I made lavender brown black. It's that <laughs> I was I was putting my own reference in there. It's I I I made assumptions for Dumbledore and I made assumptions for Snape. Right? right. Snape was somebody I knew. Snape is like those obnoxious teachers that you had. They had a they're dicks. They're really smart. And to a certain extent, they they want they don't really have ill for you per se. You know what I mean? I thought that whole performance with Bellatrix was his grandstanding. Who don't want to fuck with Bellatrix? I know I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. She, she isn't someone you can, she isn't someone who the regular person can mess with. Right? Right. But, you know, you know Bellatrix would kill Narcissa if she has to. If she, She's Bellatrix, killing anybody if she Bellatrix has to. Bellatrix dropped her if, husband. Yeah. She literally had so. her husband drop out the sky <laughs> and she don't give a shit. So, I think Snape, and remember, Snape has to. Well, even if even if they're all within their certain thing, we know that that beginning of the book that they have this business going on. 
who's the Dark Lord favorite? Who's the favorite? Right, Ooh. right, right. He's in company. Oh, he don't like this one this week. Like, oh, look at you. It reminds me of my siblings. I don't know how many siblings you have there, but I have three siblings and cousins that live together. And ain't nothing we love more than when one is in trouble and the other is not. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, look at you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why. How does it feel? You got your ass whooped today. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That we're right, not necessarily right. even jockeying for position would be the parents' favorite because the parents were kind of like distant to a certain extent. But it's like, who's closest to the doghouse today? Right? And mm-hmm. who can go up and ask for ice cream and get that ice cream today? Right? As opposed to, <laughs> because remember, this is politics you have to figure out too within a sibling relationship. Because if you want a group activity done, who is the best person to go and ask for it to get but the, that? But so the it, thing that we know about Voldemort is you can't really stay on his good side. But they don't know. They don't even see that, right? They don't. I see don't know why they that. don't see it. But because but, you but know everybody's you, disposable. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I, well, Janina, this episode, I'm going to be the one to bring in the real world politics scenario, not Deb. So, <laughs> but we see this in our real life because here's the thing that Voldemort offers, and the 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 the, the allure and the mystique of the death or the Death Eaters Incorporated offers is that you get to hurt people. Yeah. You get to hurt the people yeah. you don't like, right. and they like doing that. Right. And in the end, when shit goes down, you can then say it's someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You get to you get to be involved in the mess, and then you could come out and be like, "Oh, that's Trumpism. I'm just doing what the man said he's doing." Yeah. Right. But but right. they're not noticing that this man is quote unquote Teflon. That all of y'all prostrating yourself, doing wicked things, and lying for him, and going to jail for him, and thinking he gonna promise you and save you tomorrow. They don't realize that that power might not always be there. That that is a temporary thing. That someone else is going to occupy that seat. And y'all are going to have to answer to someone at some point. And this is the thing that these people sort of operate out. Because, look, Voldemort is grouping in, is bringing in all kinds of people. And these people by no means look like poor people. These people look like affluent people within the magical community. Mm -hmm. Because those who came out, those who came out, those who didn't go into Azkaban are, no, are all somebody's. I mean, when you look uh, at Malfoy Manor, the Malfoy, look at Malfoy Manor, you know, Rob and Goyle, exactly. Yeah, and these people are all wealthy Malfoy. people. Yeah, they all wealthy people. So there is that. So there is that. But I think, um, you know, when we see that, and and one of the interesting things about this is when Harry, you know, just stunned. And he manages to get away, you know, when, when he he's, tries to chase Snape, um, you know, because he's, he's just crazed with his grief. He's trying to, to chase him. And, um, you know, Snape says, uh, you, you're going to use my own spells against me? You know, and he, he's laughing at, you know, Harry thinks. And we yeah. realize one of the things we must always, ne- we must never lose sight of for many, most of this book, we see it through Harry's eyes. And so Harry feels that Snake is, Snape is mocking him when he is trying to, you know, somehow or another exact some kind of revenge against him for, for the fact that he has killed Dumbledore. And then 
he is walking like um almost like a zombie telling people Snape killed Dumbledore. Nobody will mm-hmm. first they don't believe him. And then they they all come back to Snape I mean Dumbledore trusted Snape. So I think that's another another way that a reader could say, well, it must be true. It must be that Snape has betrayed Dumbledore because, you know, we're seeing that over and over and well, over. And because nobody knows what that ironclad Agreement. reason for trusting right. him well, is. We know that other people had asked that we realized that this questioning of Severus and Dumbledore's relationship, it's not just something the children had and, and Lupin had. It's something McGonagall had. Yeah. That they have all right. asked about this. They've all but, questioned but, it. We find they've all questioned yeah. this, but but um, Bellatrix brings this up. But um, in the beginning of the book, but Snape explains it away and say Dumbledore trusts and whatever the case may be. But again, for me, I just didn't think that Dumbledore would be that foolhardy to just believe the best in people in that manner. We had seen him to be far more shrewd about people's behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I that think he was so. far more astute about these kind of things. But I think for me, as, as Deb would say, Harry's not a reliable narrator all the time. No, he's <laughs> you know not. what I mean? And I know a lot of what he's going is the rage, but it, it, it was really on my like fifth reading of the book. Again, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pretend to say that I knew what was going to happen in book seven. Because book seven took me for a wild ride. I was just like, wow, whoa, whoa. And if you are, I think we spend our slow journeys through this. When we get into those, <laughs> oh, when we get into those no memories idea. and drama, we gonna be like, what? Yes. Um, that reaction, that confrontation in the end, it was, it was not. This was not like how I thought it was supposed. Like if it was all true, you know what I mean. If it was just straight Snape kill Harry, Snape kill Dumbledore, I was just like Snape isn't because Snape frustration is at Harry because he said, "How dare you call me a coward." Mm-hmm. It's, to me, to me, Snape is that Snape was at the cusp of saying something. Yeah, right. he wanted right. to. He wanted, he wanted so to. bad. He's, he's he wanted to, to he wanted clear because... his name because, and then, and you know, of course, then that whole thing about the revulsion and hatred. You know, we're we're supposed to believe as a reader that that's directed at Dumbledore, but you know, we we don't know what that what that is really self-loathing. Self-loathing. Well, it's also that, but it's it's not, it's beyond that though. I, I wouldn't even think it's self-loathing. I didn't took it. I took it to be, you have asked too much of me. Yeah, he said that. He had told Dumbledore that. Right, you know. So the, I took it to be that when he I read. He was like, I, you know, I want what he was ready to walk away from the deal. But it's but you know that scene because even. Um, because I knew Harry's no match. You know, you know how I feel about Harry and his magical fighting powers. And Snape was Snape was Snape was just like again and again, idiot. Like I know exactly what you're going to do. Right. Every single time you're about to do it. You are weak, you are pathetic. Snape already got him. You know time Snape Snape knowing Harry's not a match for him. Right. But again, it's the words that he comes out. I'm just like, oh wait a minute. Is it there's some there is some kind of beef going on here beyond because I mean, it, it is because it would be when Snape is know. running away and he hacks his hair. Well, not because he, Snape is a because he uh, shielded stuff that Harry's throwing at him. And, no, you can't jinx me. How dare you try to 
my own spells against me. Blah blah blah. You know. Because Snape is a man has the that. opportunity. Snape doesn't clearly. care about all of that, right? Because Snape is just like you're like your father. But it's the coward. But he's thing. letting us know. Yes, but he's letting us know. I'm still in your head, right? And if I wanted to, I could do something to you, but I'm not. And he that part it, for, well, but not something permanent or, you know, super awful. So for me, that was another piece of this book where you're going, oh my God, what's happening here? What is happening? Like you're running away. You're with the Death Eaters. You have Harry at your mercy, really, because you are the more powerful wizard. You can do to him whatever you want right now in this moment, and you choose not to. He basically shielded himself and told Harry off. I mean, that's what he does. No, no I'm yes. Hold, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. When when Harry calls him the coward, he was about to fuck Harry up. But he doesn't. It, it, but he doesn't because the him, be, because Harry says, Harry says, thing comes and stop him. Kill me like the kill me like you killed him, you coward! Don't right. don't call me coward! Right. And he slashed right. at the air. Harry felt a white hot whip like something hit him across the face and was slammed backward into the ground. Um, spots of light burst in front of his eyes, and for a moment, all the breath seemed to have gone from his body. Then he heard a rush of wings above him yes, and something enormous obscured the stars. Buckbeak had flown at Snape, right. who staggered backward as the razor-sharp claws slashed at him. As Harry raised himself into a sitting position, his head still swimming from its last contact with the ground, he saw Snape running as hard as he could, the enormous beast flapping behind him and screeching as Harry had never heard him screech. So he was he was jinxing. He was I don't think he was going to kill Harry. Yeah, but he was going to him up. But he, he could have mess him up. He was going to mess him up because he got because that mm. is the thing I think where for me again it just is, but you have to go with like Deb, right? It's these little tiny things you have to be like something isn't right here, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you go back over the book again and again it's just like this isn't right here. He's rage because he know Harry loads him. But it's it's because it's what Harry says to him. Right. That, uh, right. When he says he's you're a coward. Because, because whatever that thing is, that spell that he hit him with, because it was, I think, Snape enraged. Snape missed part of the spell. Right? It, I got the impression that the whole spell didn't hit him. Mm. It's almost like, think, you know that I thing think... that Dala have tried to do and Hermione and Dala have does at Harry when Harry put up the Protego? That this, this slashing in the air kind of X thing? But he sort of felt part of it. You remember in book five? Yeah. When Hermione... But but I think I think Snape is still the emotion of what he has right, had to that's do. That's right. It's still very much, you know, how you know, after I've had to do something I did not want to do, we we know now, but he but it's like, and how dare you call me coward? If I were a coward, you know, I wouldn't like wouldn't have had to do all of this stuff. I and Snape didn't away. Think, and the other thing too, Snape didn't know that he was up there. No. Because no. Harry then Harry then reveals that he knows no. that he killed Snape. Right. In saying he that. Dumbledore. He killed Dumbledore, sorry. Mm -hmm. Remember, he wasn't supposed to be there. And then that was the in book seven, the rumor just like he's supposedly seen coming from up there. Right. He was supposed to be, but no one knows the drama happened up there. 
And, Ooh, and, this, and if this wasn't bad enough, this is just a few paragraphs later that Harry realizes that the Horcrux is a fake. Oh, and that Dumbledore, and then, oh, but I mean, Leia and um, Hagrid finds the body. Mm. Yeah, Hagrid. So, remember Hagrid? So when I the, the crazy thing, here's the crazy thing. So when I have, <laughs> so after all the books came out and I read the book, and in like in many times in my reading of the sixth book, when I know this is really this is Dumbledore is dead for red for real for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is such a powerful scene. This whole scenario, the Phoenix Fox is singing. I'm kind of mad about Fox because Fox should have cried on Bill's face. I'm sorry. Bill got fucked up for no reason. I will die on that hill. Okay? Let me just tell you. I'm petty betty. I will die on that hill. Fox, you could have cried on Bill's face. And that nobody said, get some Phoenix tears. I'm just like, Jesus, Lord, people. Well, the Phoenix tears come when the Phoenix wants to come. That's right. I don't think anybody is commanding Phoenix tears. Just saying. Mm, I'm just saying... <laughs> because remember, because it's it's Ron who actually gave me the idea. Because remember, yeah, Ron, I don't, I don't even, disagree with you. I'm just that saying. realization for all of these people, right? It's the realization because this thing, if you really take this book in, you know, like how I know Janina took this book in, mm-hmm. me and other left, I'm always like, something ain't right, something ain't right, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? This whole scene is just heavily, it's just trauma and trauma, right? Because then the shockwave comes through the whole world, right? Remember, the little world of Hogwarts now has to comprehend. Dumbledore isn't here. He's dead. Yeah. And then McGonagall goes to Harry and just like, Harry, I know you and Dumbledore went somewhere. What happened? And Harry's like, no, girl. I ain't telling tell you. I ain't telling you. Like, and then she now has to go back to and distancing for all of these people, right? They now have to go back on their... They now have to trusting a man that they can't get any explanation from, right? They, because they have to trust. Dumbledore has always been trustworthy. He says, trust Harry, right? I have to trust Harry. I have to trust what Dumbledore says and this kind of thing. So, and it just really, this whole, I'm getting, I'm not getting, I'm getting a little misty. I think about the trauma for all of these people. Ron then comes up. Oh no, Dumbledore has a fixed bail. He did this. This is him. This is him. Well, Dumbledore, they want Dumbledore to fix everything. Hagrid everything. Exactly. The house and all oh, something that Dumbledore can't fix, you know, and Harry's like, he's dead. What are you saying that for? Harry, don't say that. You know, what, are you, what are you doing that for? I mean, it's like all these people are like, oh, Dumbledore can fix that and everything's going to be okay. And Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. And he's gone, you know, and I, is, it's crushing. This is why I realized she had to kill him. She, he had to he had to be removed from the story because it's the thing that we've been saying about the magical community, right? They did nothing. They're doing nothing. They kept thinking the shit really hit the fan for these people when Dumbledore is dead, right? Because when Dumbledore yeah. is dead, it's when the whole magical community has turned into someplace else, right? The magical community we see in book seven is not the magical community we see in book six. No, not at all. He was like, held everything together. These people almost went into, they had COVID, COVID, they're in quarantine. (laughs) Nobody's leaving home. You know what I mean? Secret, you're in your own bubble and all of this situation. This is what has happened. 
And these people all expected all of this rested on Dumbledore. And this is why Voldemort was just like, I think Harry has an emotion where he feels Dumbledore is extremely, he, he feels Voldemort happiness, right? I think he has that emotion. He has that feeling. Mm-hmm. That, that thing. But Janine has given us the wrapping up sound, people. Well, I think we, the only thing the only thing I would 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 add is that as is um is that Harry is becomes even at this point the res, the the resolve to search out the Horcruxes right is become um, the overarching thing for him. Mm-hmm. He feels that um, that that's the thing he can do for Dumbledore. Um, and that he is going to set out on this mission to to do that. Um, and this, he knows that there's no help from the ministry. They're still trying to get him to do PR. Um, <laughs> For sure. And then that no is fucking mess. And, you know, he's going to, and his, his friends volunteer to come with him. And well, they said, well, the only thing we're going to have to, we're going to have to go back home for um, Bill's wedding. wedding. But, you know, this is what we're going to do. Well, it also that, you know, I feel for Harry here because, you know, like, he's just like, I'm over this. Uh-uh, this motherfucker's gonna take anything away from me again. I have to right. do this. Because he has taken away everything, right? He's taken away my godfather in book three. The possibility of having a godfather in book three. He's taken away Cedric from me. He's taken away this whole, this, this, that whole tournament was a lie. And that's another thing we even dealt with the trauma. That Harry got to try with the tournament thinking he was doing all it, And he ain't shit. <laughs> Right? Yeah. This was all a scam, basically. A scam to kill him. Then, mm-hmm. you know, um, he got tricked into um, Sirius dying and now Dumbledore. But I know Janina is like, we don't have to talk about the funeral. But let me just say, the funeral was a beautiful funeral. And I don't even like funerals. It was it was nice. It, it was, was magical. It was very, and it was very spiritual. I think, yes. So thanks to Fox. Right. Oh my god. Um, wasn't that, in, was wasn't very that like really... Isn't that like... Oh my God! Like you know, like you know, this is, this is what I mean. Visually, theatrically, J.K. It was cute, girl. It was cute. I mean, <laughs> listen to the podcast. It was cute. It was cute. It was because good. you know there is the um in there's a cartoon series called Avatar: The Last Airbender, and they did something like this similarly to that, where um. The dragon of one of the avatar when the dragon when the avatar died, he had a dragon, and the dragon comes and envelops him as he's being killed by a volcano, and it's just like a you know this is one of those scenes where and you almost want the story between Harry with Dumbledore and Fox right, you really you, want you want it yeah because I'm just like what is this Fox I mean I know what it is but you know that relationship that he knows is and you know because when the grave is open we don't see Fox. No, we don't mm-hmm. see. And you know, I, I, I actually, I, I, I honestly thought Fox would come back. Yeah, but, and he never does, never. And but we know that song, that last song, boom, that's it. Phoenix it was all, song. it was all really, it was all very theatrical and whatever. And you know, Dolores has, you see, how, y'all see, Dolores got trauma with the. The same, the same. But the war um, yeah, shows whole, up, the centaurs show up, and it's like, oh shit, am I gonna up. be everyone showed up? Well, according to reels, it's like, am I gonna be raped again? <laughs> <laughs> the trauma is the real people. The trauma but is real. The trauma is real. But that was uh really and this is it's it's heavy. This is heavy. This 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 last 
crowd is happy. I'm not going to deny that. So we have finally finished with book seven, six. There is wow. no, I, I am sure when we get to book seven, we will be coming back to book six. For sure. They're well, yeah, very yeah. heavily intertwined. They really are. And there were so many things that, you know, we made reference to from book seven when we were talking about book six, because they'd let, they, they were things that were explained. Uh, that we experienced in book six that we later get explained in book seven. So they kind of go back and forth. Oh my gosh, we're so close to the end. Yes, we are. are. We? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we technically, really? yes, but probably the way that I mean, we, we just, talk, we just, no. <laughs> yeah, we just crammed two podcasts into into book this last one just for the sake of getting on to book I seven. I want to know how many people made it to the end in one sitting. Tweet me. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> this is gonna be a long one. No, people enjoyed it. It was good. It was good. You know, was and, good. and we didn't even and we didn't even get into like the nitty gritty as we often love to do. Well, we certainly didn't want to think, but this we was, just skipped some nitty gritty. Yes, but we, we got into the nitty gritty. We, 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 sure. we, will, we will get. We will come back to this. So our yes. hero, our hero and heroine, the trio, are seemingly by themselves, and another debt. Another, you know, another no one resolving it. No, there's not even chocolate in our sleep. Oh no. man, no. <laughs> shit! Listen, shit's getting real. Getting real, real, real. It's, it's getting, getting real. real. And but uh, we are, we are all right because we are with you. That's and right. And we're in that vulnerable place, right? Because now it's well, we've been here before, right? But murder at Hogwarts? What? They're gonna shut this shit down? Yeah, <laughs> right, right on. The grounds. Woo. So you can always find us on Podbean, iTunes. Please rate and review us. We can be found on any place that you get your podcasts Spotify, Amazon, uh, YouTube. We're there. So please interact. And until next time, mischief managed. Thank you.